Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of MTG Rants. I'm Tanner Grace, and as always, I'm joined by Ross Merriam. Hey, we're sorry for the little bit of the, uh, what's the right word I'm looking for? The little lull of episodes we've had here. Uh, Ross was very sick recently and was like kind of unable to do the show, hence him not being in the last episode. And I really wanted to make sure that we had another episode with Ross as our next one, since the main thing we're going to be talking about today before before we get to that is alchemy. And I wanted to make sure that the the two main hosts of the show got to have their opinions. So, but just to put everyone at ease, I'm I'm fine now. Um, you know, sick over Thanksgiving mostly, uh, in that week, and then recovering after that. But I, I am uh, I am good to go. Uh, no no worries there on the health front. So that's nice. Uh, but yeah, it was a kind of crummy. It was a crummy couple weeks. Yeah, as I was say, because you're in a similar situation that I'm in right now too, where like you can't seem to kick this cough. So if one of them comes through. Uh, you know, we can't edit it out or we can't mute beforehand. Sorry, we've both got this. It's funny, mine is like almost completely gone, but like once a day, usually like after I eat or something, I'll just have a little, it's not even a fit. It's like, I'll just do it a little tiny bit. Oh, I will have like a full on fit, but it's the same, like I'm fine for hours. And then, yeah, you know, after I eat or as I'm going to bed, there'll just be, you know, a solid minute where I feel like I'm hacking up a lung. Mm Mm-hmm. See, for me, it was never, it, it was only like that, like, initially when I when I got sick and I hurt my vocal cord or whatever in Orlando, and I'm pretty sure I had bronchitis and stuff too, so anyway, um, <clears throat> I want to say, lots of stuff's been going on um, in Magic, we'll get to all that soon, uh, more importantly, stuff's been going on outside of Magic, no, I'm joking, but, uh, you know, there's been, there's been some fun stuff, and uh, speaking of fun and not fun at the same time, I got really bored over, like, the last week or two, because we're in this, like, lull of competitive flesh and blood right now, where there's like nothing going on for like the next few months. Oh wow! Because they're in their off season right okay. now. Like like we're done. There's like some other stuff that you can have going on. Like we have some fun stuff going on at the LGS, but like nothing that I'm traveling to or preparing for. Right. And uh, other than that, and like my side hustles, I'm unemployed right now. So I'm kind of just like sitting around and being really bored and trying not to bother the hell out of my friends about it. You know, like hey, like anybody want to do anything? And I mean literally anything. <laughs> you know, I'm that bored kind of thing so you know i've been playing a little online poker and i went and played live poker yesterday for the first time and i I can't tell you how long uh in fact the last two times i went to vegas i didn't play a hand of poker while i was there which is very strange for me yeah you know and uh i remember why i loved the game and i remember why i hated it you know (laughs) uh playing live yesterday it sucks uh the poker room that is in the city that i live in still hasn't reopened since initially closing for covid and, like, we keep hearing different reports all the time, if and when. So I went down to New Orleans, about an hour and 15-minute drive, um, played, ran into all the usual stuff, like being card dead for a while, having a big hand here or there was fun. Um, uh, there was a lot of hit and running, way more than I remember. For anybody who doesn't know about that in, in poker, it's like someone sits down, they'll, like, win a big pot, you know, like, they'll win some money or whatever, and then they just, like, pretty much immediately rack up, take their chips, and leave. There's, like, no rule against this in casinos. It's frowned upon. It's, like, but there's nothing to check it. You know what I mean? I mean, there is a rule to, there is one rule that checks it. Like, they can't uh, cash out, and then, like, like, a few minutes later, come back and go start on another table for less. Like, you have to buy in for, like, what you cashed out for. You can do, you can wait, like, six hours, and they'll let you do it. But this protects people from just, like, winning a pot, pocketing their profit, and then going playing for less, you know what I mean? Not risking the money that they've won kind of thing. So there's like a lot of that going on. Uh, I got sucked out on it a huge pot at the end of the day with like a handout. I was just like, they turned their hand over and I was like, holy shit, you know, kind of thing. But I was like, whatever. I mean, like, that's that's the dream, right? I got, the, I got all the money in like way ahead on, on, on the turn or whatever. And it's just like, 
see, this is why. And so, like, I had to make the, you know, and, and at that point, I was like, I'm hungry. I just want to go home. Uh, my dog had actually gotten rushed to the vet. She's fine, by the way. But uh, there's there's been a little hiccup the last couple of months with Benny. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to go home. And there's that long drive home, you know, of like, you just sit there and you're like, man, can I could have done something different. You know, it's like the day after a tournament. <laughs> You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you just yeah. think back of all the all the mat. You're like, should I have mulligan that hand? Yeah. Like, <sighs> should I have not I don't mulligan that hand? There. Yeah. Like, what happens? And the the worst part is, is like now you have more information for most of your bad spots. So like you're looking through it, you're looking at it through like rose tinted glasses, and you're like, well, obviously my decision's wrong. And you're like, well, I didn't know that at the time, because like and, I, and like the logic side of my brain, unlike the lizard side, that's like. You know, you could have done something different. The logic side's like, no, you played it right. Like, you got all the money, and it's like a drastic... I need to look it up, and I had to be like an 80% favorite or something like that. You know, and I'm just like, you can't really... You know, you can't really... It's like one of the things people ask me, you know, how do you deal with losing in, in, in Magic? I'm just like, I shrug. I'm just like, I'll just play the next game. You know, it's the same thing in poker. Like, you just got to kind of... You got to have a short memory, is what we talk about. Stuff like that. Like, professional athletes yeah. talk about that all the time, too. You know, you got to have a short memory. You know, shoot or shoot. You know, whatever you want to say. Right, so speaking of that... You saw Jasmine doing all right. I, all I hear about is the uh, all I hear about is the the Warriors and the Suns lately. Well, the Utah Jazz have won nine of their last eleven games. The two games they lost were both on buzzer beating threes by a single point. So so close games, close games. <laughs> yeah, and um, they are also just set the record set a record. They're the first team in NBA history to make twenty or more threes in three straight games. Is that good? Anything you want to do. They would be on a five-game streak of that, but they only made 19 against Portland, and they made 20-something the game before that. What does high score mean? Like Their current offensive rating is 9.5 points above the league average once you get rid of garbage time. That has never been done before over the course of a full season. The, the highest relative to league average was the 03-04 Dallas Mavericks, who had Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. Um, and this is like prime. Yeah, yeah, and they were like nine nine point one above league average. So, yeah. uh, other teams, the the o four o five Suns, which was also Steve Nash, that was the seven seconds or less Suns. Go, go figure. Yes, <laughs> See, uh, if you look at Steve Nash for like seven straight years, he was either they were either had like the first or second best offense in the in the league. It was this, absurd. this is when he had those uh, those two MVP awards in a row. Yes, o four o five was the first one. Yeah, this is when, this is when Nash 05, was, like, was second. Yeah, this is when Nash was like the best player in the league or one of the yeah. best players in the league. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, and then the other team that is way up there is the 15-16 Warriors, who won 73 oh, games. Big surprise. Yeah, and, that yeah, team was and quite theirs good. was like 8.3 above league average. So the, the Jazz currently have a historic uh, offense. Also, these last three teams they played against, where they had 23s in each game, all three of them have had top 10 defense in the league going into the game. That's a, that's a good spot so to So they, they're playing against good defenses and obliterating them. The, they're just shooting the lights out, and they started off slow shooting. Now they're back up to about what you would expect. Uh, Donovan has been great the last few games. The defense needs some work, <laughs> um, so they're still they're still a, a solid defense. I think they're sixth in the league, but um, you know they're not elite elite the way Golden State's defense has been absurd. Phoenix's, the Clippers have had a really good one, um, and a couple others, but. So, the, yeah, the, the defense has been an issue. They're going to have a tough game tonight. They're actually playing the second day of a – they're playing a back-to-back because they played last night in um, um, in uh, Minnesota, and they're playing in Philly tonight, which means they had to fly last night from Minnesota to Philadelphia, lose another hour, and yeah. then play again tonight. Yeah. Um, so it'll be a tough one, and, and Philly's got Embiid back and, and cooking. So, um, 
you know, that'll be it'll be a good win if they can get that one. And then I am actually going to be attending Saturday's game because they are playing in Washington, D.C. against the Wizards. Are you just taking a train up or Travis, Rob and I are driving. Nice. From Roanoke and got to go to the game and then spend the night in D.C. and then come back Sunday. So we're going to have a nice little. You should have told me this. I like looked up. I just like would have looked up flights and been like, yeah. "Hey, because flights from here to Baltimore." Because like, let's be real, the DC airport is a train wreck. Yeah, and I would have been like, "Yo, I'll fly into Baltimore. Sw- swoop by, pick me up real quick." You know. Well, th- this is going to be a regular thing. The Jazz play once a year in DC, so next season I'll I'll remember to let you know. Yeah, because um, I'm I'm that bored. I would have done it. Yeah, and we we would have had a spot in the hotel room because yeah. we have a hotel room for four yeah. people. I would have bought a bunch of Wizards gear, and uh, you know we could have gotten insomnia cookies. Oh God! I was getting <laughs> another thing of all oh, milk thrown into my groin. That'd have been nice. <laughs> God, I hate you. Anyway. It was not intentional. Yeah, for those of you who don't remember, who don't know this story, we we got a bunch of insomnia cookies one night after a tournament. It was like me, you, Harlan, and somebody else were like hanging out, and we got a bunch of insomnia cookies, and. Everybody got milk but me, obviously, you know, the lactose intolerant one. But I'm sitting there, and I, I have my back to Harlan. I think it was Harlan that did it. I have my back to Harlan, and I'm, like, eating a cookie. And Harlan goes, hey, Tannen, dig fast. And I turn around, and he tossed the milk at me. Which, by the way, I don't need the damn milk because I can't drink it. And I wasn't ready for it. I wasn't looking for it. And it hits me square of the nuts. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like a gallon of milk. It was one of those little, like, pints that you get, yeah, you yeah. know, like at the little, you know, the donut shops and stuff. And it's just square of the balls. <laughs> <laughs> and I just collapsed, and everybody's like laughing their asses off because it was pretty funny. I was laughing too; like I wasn't really that hurt. But anyway, didn't think fast enough, Tan. Yeah, I didn't think I was gonna have to talk about me getting hit in the balls this episode. I didn't think that was, <laughs> is that in the show notes? Hold on, let me check real quick. Nope, not in the show notes. But uh, I'm glad that your favorite sport is actually thriving and doing well. Okay, it's right in the now. show notes now. It is actually in the show notes. We're also put Tan gets hit in the balls into the show notes. But uh, I'm glad that your sport is thriving right now because my favorite sport is doing the exact opposite. With the first yeah. work stoppage since 94. so, And they've got, you know, four, three, four months to figure it out. Yeah, I, I think they're going to. I'm not going to bore the people here with the minutia of the business side of the sport and why they're they're locked out. But as of right now, nothing can happen at the major league level. For, for me, like the, It's really bad. The teams can't talk to their players. Like, no one can talk to anyone. So, like, players that are – I'm pretty positive players that are rehabbing – they were just like, all right, here's the goal. Like, here's here's the stuff beforehand. We can't talk to you. Like, I'm pretty positive even for rehabbing players. Which is like, th- there should be an ex- if there isn't, there should be an exemption for that. Like, if a you know, some guy's making you know millions and millions of dollars is like, I'm coming back from a major injury. Can I just talk to my doctor, please? Like, this is, this is the doctor I've had for the last eight years of my life. Like, can I talk to my doctor? Yeah, there's got to be some kind of like HIPAA law or something you know, that could like protect that like oversees work stoppages or something. But I don't know. But anyway. <clears throat> Uh, anything else been going on? Um, not really. Um, it's been a pretty uh, slow couple weeks. Everybody, you know, uh, people, we got together for my birthday. I guess that happened. Yeah. Since the last birthday, time we've had an episode. It's Thank you. Mine as well. Hmm. Yeah. Well, since you and I have had yeah. an episode, mine as well. Yeah. And so, uh, so yes, yeah, so we, we had a, it was a nice day out. Like, You're 32 or 33 now? Three. You're 33. All right. So yeah. I'm 37 now. So, okay. It was about. It was a solid like fifty-five degree day, so we played a bunch of can jam. My legs are still sore. Yep. Welcome to my last life. By Sunday. The way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just the next few days, I like get out of bed. I'm like, oh my god, what did I do? And I'm, I'm just like, perpetually yep. sore now. I played I don't know sports what it is. for three hours. 
without stretching or doing anything to take care of my body because I'm an idiot. Yeah, I'm really bad about stretching too, and I've been trying to get better about it. But like, I don't know, man. Who's got time for that shit? I started doing it for softball. It was necessary for yeah. that when I'm sprinting around the field. Oh uh, yeah, because like you're gonna blow a hammy or something if you don't. And yeah. like at your at your age, uh, you you absolutely have to. Yeah, but, uh, but yeah, um, just nor- normal Roanoke stuff. Um, and uh, I'm sort of just happy to be able to you know go outside and be a person. Yeah, I can, I can definitely understand that. I've been trying to get out of the house a little bit more lately. Um, with the weather the way it is. It's kind of weird. We're having like the doom and gloom weather here right now, even though it got up to like 70 something degrees today. There's still like no sun. It's like gray here the last few days. Yeah, I mean, like it's it, it's Louisiana. It's just like humid. You know what I mean? It's just hot normally whatever. But I've been pretty good about like keeping up with uh, my fitness stuff lately. Not as good as I want to be, but like, you know, I've been working out a few times a week with like actual weights and stuff and trying to do as much as I can. I've been eating like pretty healthy overall. You know what I mean? Like, let's be real. I'm not like going going as hard as I possibly can but at the same time I'm doing as much as I can river but my sleep schedule finally got like fi- I don't know if I remember I told you this in the last few weeks my sleep schedule got absolutely destroyed with all the all the traveling that I was doing and then I went to Vegas and there may or may not have been a night where we got it at 5 a.m Vegas time <laughs> Vegas time so like that's usually when I'm waking up in Louisiana time so uh, pr- pretty crazy, pretty crazy weekend overall, and all this stuff happened. So, and yet you're still bored and want to fly here to go to a basketball game? Well, like, there's nothing to do here, <laughs> like at all. Like, I have like, okay, so like, I have friends, right? Like, obviously, I have friends, but I have like a few Sick good brag. friends here. Well, I mean, like, I, <laughs> the older you get, the less friends you get, but the better friends you get. You know what I mean? Yeah. You start getting, yeah. And so, like, I have my best friend in the world here. He's uh, for everybody listening, he's a muggle. Like, he actually played Magic back in like the '90s, so he like he understands what a card is, but like. He doesn't know what a planeswalker is. You know what I mean? Stuff like that, right? You know, he played in, like, late 90s, like, when we were in high school, early 2000s, whatever. Anyway, so he's got, like, three kids in, like, you know, the typical 9 to 5 job and stuff. And he and I getting together, it's like, you know, maybe a, a one-month affair. We try, to, we try to carve out, like, one time a week where we can have an actual conversation on the phone. And we talk for, like, an hour and stuff, you know, like, like human beings used to do 20 years ago. You know, we actually talk on the phone. We have minutes on our phone that allow us to do that and stuff. So, <laughs> but it's actually kind of nice and great and stuff. So, like, I have that. And then Brian Basoko lives here as well. But, Sick you know, brag. he's, well, he's got, like, a crazy job right now. They're, like, they're unveiling some new products, like, early in next year. And he's, like, the lead of it. So, it's, like, his, his, he shows me his schedule all the time. And I'm just, like, yeah, that looks awful, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, and stuff. I don't want to do that. Yeah, so we hang out when he can, when he can, and he's like super into Flesh and Blood right now. So like we get we have that going on. So like every weekend we go do like you know we'll go play the local Flesh and Blood thing. And I gotta say there is a refreshing thing about this is we'll go to a we'll go to like the local Flesh and Blood thing. And the thing that we're playing right now, we'll play four or five rounds, right? We'll play three or four rounds, cut to a top eight or cut to a top four or whatever, you know, depending on people people are there. And we're done in like three hours or like four I hours. Like that. Yeah, it's great. Like, you don't have to sit there all day long. You don't have to worry about, like, like you can eat before or after. You don't have to worry about, like, trying to find food during the thing. It's it's amazing and stuff. So, like, it's, it's been kind of it's, it's been kind of great. Also, the, the all the people who locally play are, like, super into it and really like it and stuff. So that's, and we it hasn't been tainted yet. You know what I mean? You don't have the, the typical amount of salt that you have with, like, Magic players. This is not me shitting on Magic and saying Flesh and Blood is just better in every way. I'm just, I'm, I'm saying the stuff that's, that's noticeable and, and refreshing of a different game, which anyone here can relate. You go to another game, you notice the differences pretty fast, right? 
it's like the first yeah. thing and you're like what's different here than than in magic and stuff so and speaking of magic let's talk about what's been going on lately because uh we got kind of a doozy announcement last what was about on, uh, a little over like about a week ago it was on the second and quick turnaround on this announcement too because like it's 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 live today so for everybody listening it's december 9th at about 3 p.m i'm sorry 5 p.m eastern time uh for everybody listening so um mtg uh during a state of the game uh thing you know like i have to call it the uh state of the union announcement for for mtg announced a new format you heard that right a new format probably everybody listening has already heard about this but there's a new format called alchemy and alchemy is a new digital only format so this is the first pure digital only format it'll be debuting on mtg arena uh on on december 9th like it says it uses the card pool of standard as a base but extends that by adding rebalanced cards and digital only cards now let's dissect that sentence that's that that's a lot there that's a very heavily loaded sentence let's go to the second half of it first so it has digital only cards so there will be cards in this format and made for this format that you've probably already seen including it it apparently already includes the ones that were made in the past on arena that were digital only as well people were talking about that today these cards are only made for arena so this is something that you absolutely cannot do in paper how do you feel about that ross because I'm okay with this. How do I feel about just alchemy in general? Well, let's kind of like dissect it, right? Like we're talking about the fact that, you know, it's it's got digital only cards in it. So this is not something that you can do in paper. You can only do this on Arena. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is that there's a pretty clear commitment here from WotC to make digital magic and paper magic different games, right? And that's, that's different than their stated objective you know, 10, 15 years ago, right? For for most of Magic's history, the goal has been to have a digital platform on which to play Magic, but to make it a faithful representation of paper Magic, or as faithful as possible, right? So we've clearly reversed that in the last three, four years, and you're seeing the results of it. Can I interrupt you? Yeah. So this actually reminds me of something that, um, a conversation that I've had that I don't, I don't know if I've ever talked about this publicly. Uh, I had a conversation with Gavin Verhey about six or seven years ago at BlizzCon one year. And uh, this is at BlizzCon, right? So this is back when I was doing a lot of stuff at Hearthstone. I'm just like walking around, you know, the BlizzCon stage for, for Hearthstone. It's got a huge, anyone who's ever seen it, you know, they, they put some money into it. It was, it was nice. You know, it was kind of like, it, it looked like the, the Mythic Championship. If you watch the Mythic Championship, like uh, when it was at, what was it, PAX East, I think is what it was at when it was with Wizards, when it was with us, whatever. Anyway. Sounds about right. Yeah, something along those lines, right? So it looked a lot like that. You know, it's BlizzCon is specifically for Blizzard, but it's like it's like the same kind of event. And so, you know, Gavin's just walking around like, hey, man. And, you know, obviously, he's like, hey, like, you know, we sit there and we chat. And I was like, you know, like, what are you doing here? And hopefully I don't, like, screw anything up here in this conversation. I don't think any of this was, like, need to know. And stuff. There's also, there's probably a, a statute of limitation here. So, like, anyway, uh, I was like, what are you doing here? You know, because, like, this is a Blizzard thing, right? And uh, he just goes, Oh, uh, I'm here to see, you know, what's happening because we want this. And he, like, gestures towards the Hearthstone stage and everything everything that's going on. And uh, obviously he and I start talking, you know, because I'm a, I'm a magic guy in the Hearthstone space. So I can relate to him. You know, I'm, I'm like a good in. And we start chatting. And I'm going to kind of break down the conversation to brass tacks so it's not a super long uh, thing. And 
all of this is said with the due respect that I needed to have in the conversation. And I'm just like, yeah, you can't have this. And, you know, he's like, why? And I'm like, magic can't do this. Like, it's not accessible in the exact same way. The digital client is not up to this, like, blah, blah. And I'm wondering if they already had an inkling of arena in their mind of like, you know, this thing coming down, down the pipe. And I remember he asked me, he was like, well, then like, and it, it's the question, it's a fair question, right? And it's a hard question. Someone's like, well, then how would you do it? Like, how, how would you, how would you fix this? Because a lot of times, you know, magic players, I see it's a lot in streams and they're like, uh, I don't like this card in your deck, or I don't like this card in this matchup, but they don't offer like, Hey, I, I like this card instead of this one because of this, or I don't like this card because of like, don't give offer me a solution. More. They just point out problems. Right. And so like, that was a big, I like that question, you know, like, why can't this happen? And so I'm telling him why. And he's like, how would you fix it? And I'm like, I think the ideal fix is one that comes with a lot of problems. And he's like, why? What is it? And I was like, you, I would just start over. And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, you have to change the game into a digital game. So it would be two different forms of magic. You'd have like magic, the gathering. And then you'd have magic, the gathering, digital like stuff. Because you'd have to have, you know, digital only cards. You'd have to have all this blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you'd have a horrendous backlash immediately for this. Because every player who's been a paper player is going to feel extremely alienated. But then, like, it'll steadily, like, in a, in a you know, thinking about it in best case scenario, people are going to start buying into it. The new people are going to start buying into it, right? And, like, they're going to be into Magic, and they're going to just play Magic that way. And I'm wondering if, like, I'm not saying that any of this was my idea or this conversation had anything to do with all this. But it's funny that, like, we kind of predicted this in our conversation. Because that seems to be what actually happened but they did it in a better way than I could have envisioned where they make arena, right? And they make it almost like a port of Magic Online, right? And it's every everything is a is one to one. Like you can do everything on arena that you can do in paper and vice versa. There was a clear transition process right. that they put into place. And then I wonder I wonder if they've been thinking about this and how long they've been prepared for this to to do this left veer that we're seeing here where they're like now we're we're now it's a different game. Like and they, now you're and getting they even some... peppered in things like jumpstart and all the stuff with with historic. They use that as a way to like get you kind of a, adjusted to it. So yeah, that's that's interesting. You know, I'm I'm generally not one who is wanting to give Watsi a lot of credit towards long term planning because it doesn't seem like they've done a whole lot of that. At least not done. Someone it there has well. to be good at it because yeah. they they might not be the person making the decisions. Yeah. Or that doesn't get listened to. But someone there has to be smart enough, right? Yeah, but this certainly looks like uh, you know, it was something that, that they definitely planned. And I, I agree with you. I don't think paper magic can be an esport on the level of all of these other things. Um, and the, you know, even the attempts at making digital magic into something like that have not been successful. It was less successful, in my opinion, than what we had before. Yeah. And you should just separate the now, two. Now... I will say that I do not think they did a good job of executing the nuts and bolts of the Magic Pro League. Um, you know, they uh, they just didn't make a, anyone care about it. And they, had, in fact, what almost seemed like went out of their way to make people not care about it, which was it the strangest like they, thing to me. It, it almost looked like it almost looked sabotaged. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like the do you know the conspiracy theory about New Coke about they did it on purpose? Yeah, the, the theory, the conspiracy theory is that they they did it on purpose because they knew that they were they needed to transition to um, 
uh, corn syrup as the sweetener instead of cane sugar because it was going to save them a shit ton of money. Yeah. And but if, and if they just did that straight away, everybody would be, would be mad. So they the theory is that they made new Coke knowing it would be a disaster. And then when they went back to Coke Classic, it was just the same Coke but with corn syrup. And it, it, it was good and it was slightly different. Now, that, yeah. that's not how it went down. But um, because, like it's uh, it's easy to disprove. But that mm. was a conspiracy theory for a while. Um, and like, I've got you my, know, I've I'm got sure my there's foil hat on. You know, yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's I'm people ready. with similar conspiracy theories about yeah. this with, with the MPL. But um, I... I'm, I fully int- think they intended for it to be successful and make yeah, money off of it. Yeah. I'm, I'm I'm at the point where I'm with you. I, I think they had to make something that is digital friendly and, and built with the digital client in mind. And that means making paper magic and digital magic different things. And that's really that's the crux of the announcement for me. It, like yeah. I, like the details of how alchemy works is, is whatever. Like, yeah. That's the, the major thrust of this announcement is that we now have two different forms of magic together. And I was just about to say that now it's like, can you imagine yourself? Like, let's say th- this is all still going on five years from now. Magic still successful paper wise, you know, like we've got the pan, the pandemic in, in control. We have, you know, tours and stuff again. And then, you know, they've got the arena stuff going on. And like, can you imagine if they make it in, in tournament, I mean, in client tournament thing where you can just play all the time, you know, kind of like you can do a magic online. Like that would actually, I'll get into this later, but that would actually get me back on arena. I'll get onto that statement in a little while, but, uh, you know, you'd have to like, you know, you'd go to, you'd go somewhere to be like, Oh, you play magic. Okay. Do you play on arena or do you play paper? Or do you, are you one of the weirdos who do both, you know, kind of thing. It's like, you know, what kind of magic player are you kind of thing? So it's going to, it's going to create this rift, right? Uh, down the middle like that's a that's one of the things that i have a problem with we'll get into more of that in a second but kind of piggybacking on what you and i just talked about with this like quote-unquote uh tinfoil hat theory that we had here this little conspiracy theory i wanted to read the first paragraph of the next section of the of the statement that they put out in text because i'm not sure how i feel about this and you're gonna i'm gonna try to you know convey this to everyone at home and to you and you might get angry tan in here so we're, we're gonna see i know you love it ross but because you don't get to see him very much, but bring it on. So the next one is just entitled Origins of Alchemy. And it says, introducing a new format like this is a big change. And it's one we've been thinking about and working on for some time now. For the last several years, players have been coming to MGG Arena for fast, fun, digital magic. And the play rate has been intense. Each day we see millions of match of magic on MGG Arena. I want to talk specifically about the second half of the first sentence. It's one we've been thinking about and working on for some time now. I want to know how long that is. Because if it has been a very long time, I have I have some questions and I have some problems. And you, can you kind of get where I'm where I'm getting at with this? Like, do you see where this is going? Well, yeah. Let's keep going though, because it it, it it comes off very disingenuous to me, especially with the announcement they've been made over the last few years, where like, oh, we're we're gonna do this, like we're gonna shift the MPL towards arena, but we're still committed to Magic Online. We're still committed to paper being big. That's not necessarily true with this statement. And then you talk about stuff like, oh, we're going to have Pioneer moved over to Arena, which if you're still holding out your hopes for that, just fucking give up on it. It's 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 dead. They're they're not doing that. And so that makes me wonder, like, how serious were you about Pioneer getting one? If Pioneer had been big, like the pandemic didn't happen and Pioneer became as big as you and I thought it was going to be, was Pioneer going to be on Arena and then this was going to happen? Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, were you going to have were you going to have standard, historic, Pioneer and Alchemy? all on arena at the same time plus there's different versions of some of those formats like did you really intend for arena to have four formats in its first few years 
Like, I, I, I can't envision that. You know, I it's one of those things where I feel like, you know, when they say this is something we've been working on for time now, like maybe they've had the idea. The idea has been festering about like what to do with this. And, but this had to have come from a pivot, right? When you see that like the NPL is not working, when you see that Pioneer's probably cost ineffective for them to move over, which I, I don't know what the actual cost is. They had some of the cards already made, but you get what I'm saying. Them having to put time and effort into making products, et cetera. Um, and it would take away from this because don't forget, Less people are working on this stuff than, we, than we'd like to think and I'd hope for. So every time someone puts time and effort into something like this, that means something else is either getting neglected or not getting those people. So that's, you know, when we see that Pioneer didn't happen over the last year like it was supposed to, I'm guessing it was this. I'm guessing instead they were working on alchemy and the idea of it was happening and like, what do we do? They start brainstorming this. So when they say something along the lines of, We've been thinking and working on this for some time now. I don't like this statement, and it makes me believe that you're lying to me in some way, shape, or form. Or were lying to me in the past. Or you were lying to me in the past. Like, somewhere you were being disingenuous, and you're saying this because, like, you need to hype up your thing, whatever. It's not like I want them to come out and say it, like, hey, we fucked up here, so now we're doing this, or pivot, or whatever. But, like, I just have a problem with this statement. I love the human language, Ross. It's amazing. It, non-comparing to other languages, but it's it's amazingly in-depth. Words have a lot of power. You know that I get a little more sensitive than most people with the way people talk to people or the way things you say, because, you know, when you and I are talking, we enter into a social contract, right? Like, you're going to speak, I'm going to speak, we're going to have a conversation, and things are going to happen, right? And, like, there's, there's, there's things to be said from this. And I, I think of the same thing when a big company is talking to the most important people to it, and, and that's the people that work for it and the people that pay to use your products, right? These are the most important people to you, even though that doesn't necessarily translate into anything else. We'll, we'll not get into that. But this feels a little disingenuous to me. It feels weird. Maybe I'm going too deep on this. I'm sure someone listening is like, Tan and get over it. Like, I can't believe you're, you know, you're doing this, but <laughs> honestly, you're right there, buddy. Yeah. There it is. There it is. And so <laughs> we got him. We killed him. But uh, anyway, maybe I should just get off of this for a little while. But it just, it just makes me a little angry when I read this statement. Uh, yeah, I, I understand your your anger there because I think you're exactly right. I'm just at the point where like I've you know resigned myself yeah. to that, so uh, it just doesn't get a, an emotional re- response from me. It, I, maybe I'm not as jaded as I think I am, Ross. Maybe yeah. I'm just not as they're not as dead to me. Like my eyes haven't glazed over as much as yours have. You know, I I, I think if you look back and, and think about all the times when they say like we are committed to you know paper magic. They're mostly committed to, like, continuing to print paper cards because it makes them money. And I think they've come to understand that competitive play doesn't really drive paper sales all that much. Like, it's it's Commander that drives paper sales and casual play that drives it way more than anything else. And Arena is both a way for them to have this marketing tool for an outlet for competitive players that generates revenue for them. And it's a way for them to, to hook new paper players that can start playing on arena and then be be like, Oh, I want to play, you know, actual paper magic with my friends or whatever. Um, So I, I personally expect Watsy to not return to robust in-person tournament play. Um, I think you're going to see, I think you're going to see like the world championships be in person, but it's be them playing on arena just in a place yep. um, and, and some other big events like set championships and things like that. Um, and they'll probably, there might even be options for people to play remotely. And, you know, mm-hmm. if they want to, if they can't travel, if like, there are visa issues, like there have been with the mocks. Um, 
in the, in the past and things like that. So I think they're going to be committed to that. And I think they are, um, you know, I think they're hopefully that uh, are going to be a lot more lax in allowing a, um, freedom to third party organizers to maintain paper tournament series. Yeah. So, you know, we're probably going to, I imagine we will have a return of the SCG tour. Well, I'm, you know, I was hoping next year, but now I'm, you know, with Omicron and, and some of the numbers that we've been seeing with, with COVID, it, it's still unclear. Um, do, you, do you want, do you want my opinion on that? Sure. It's not happening. You don't think it's happening next year at all? No. I think, yeah. I, I think you will not see the SCG tour come back. I think there's a very good shot. It's done. Oh, you just think it's over. I think it's either over or you will see it come back like way down the line. Um, you... I, I expect it to come back. Now, keep in mind, you know, I, I am a contractor for SCG. I don't have any inside information here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to make that clear to everyone. Um, I'm reading but... between the lines. I don't expect it within the next year it, yeah. or two, probably. Uh, yeah, I, I, I expect it to come back, though. Um, Maybe in some form. Like, and oh, if they do, they're definitely going to start up small and slow. Like, it'll be more like the beginning of the SCG tour, not back to, you yeah. know, multiple a month. But we're also seeing, you know, the NRG series, mm-hmm. excuse me, do some good things in the Midwest. Yeah, lots of people are going to their event that was uh, the team event. They had the biggest one they've ever had. They're on pace for a huge one this weekend, I think, in Milwaukee. Yeah. Remember, right? It's modern and legacy. It's It's more like... The SCG tour before they went to the to the two day format, it's two one day events of five Ks. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, that um, and I'm what I'm hoping as an end game, you know, d- down the road here is that we can get a lot of different regional um, third party mm-hmm. organizers for events, and they collaborate to create uh, like the big sort of capstone events that are are see all th- like all n of the of the um regional circuits sort of combine at the end and the best players from each mm-hmm. of them merge into one event at the end of the year uh mm-hmm. and duke it out i think that would be really cool i think that would be popular and i think it also helps um you know from the organizer standpoint they get to pool the risk on how much they commit to that big you know end of the year event that makes it more inviting for sure for a few, yeah like you know, it just matters how well, you know, energy and Channel Fireball would play together. Because, like, I think, you know, Channel Fireball run a few events, like, one in Vegas, one in L.A., maybe. Like, the thing is, on the West Coast, like, you have to run an event in Vegas, and then where? Like, the other cities do not get the turnouts that you expect. Yes, like, San Diego's a nice city, but it's just way far away from everything. Yeah, who's, in who's, the who's flying to that? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, maybe some of the crazy grinders might. You know, I might get a wild uh, hair at my ass and want to do you, it. You know, you could you could probably make it work in Northern California, but it's probably really expensive for space. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe you would do it in like Sacramento; it'd be cheaper. I don't I don't know. Um, yeah, the, the West Coast is obviously the hard part here because it's it's just so spread out. You have like you know five or six really big cities, and they're all three and a half four hours from each other, with the exception of LA and San Diego. Um, and uh, but. That that's the thing that I'm I'm hoping to see happen. Um, now there is an issue. Like I think you know, COVID generally you know has scared a lot of people that were heavily invested in Magic, uh, in competitive Magic because of how quickly everything just ended, right? Uh, and that's going to scare people trying to return. And that's why I think this like ways that di- multiple tournament organizers can pool the risk. 
make sense to me in my head, but like this is well beyond anything I do, so maybe I'm just yeah. uh, uninformed and stupid. Ross uh, and I are just making assumptions with the, the limited knowledge we have. Yeah. Um, Disclaimer. That, that, that's <laughs> what I'm hoping this opens up. I think there's going to be there's going to be demand for paper events. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen that. Like, that demand exists. Yeah. That demand's not going away. So somebody is going to meet it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's just a question of what form exactly it takes shape and how well it's done. And I think it there's an opportunity to do some really cool things here. Uh, and And... Oh, you know, maybe even you know, have it linked in with 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 online events where you know how back in the day, if you won an invitational, you got a pro tour invite, like that, that kind of stuff. Watsy always seemed hesitant to want to do, but it just seemed like a no brainer thing that you should do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think at this point, they they might be more amenable to that because I think they're going to allow the the paper tournament sphere to exist relatively independently from mm-hmm. what what they're doing um in terms in terms of their oversight but uh, they're still going to want to be connected into it so that they can get eventually funnel as many people as possible to arena which is clearly what they want to do mm-hmm. i mean it's understandable right like the arena makes them just shit tons of money i assume i mean just yeah absolutely just gobs of money by the way i, th- I think i finally hit the wall with arena like the other day i spent five dollars on it and i felt so awful i felt unclean like i felt like i needed a shower because i needed gyms you know to, to play because like i have every card in the arena but like you need gyms to play in these events and like i can't in any way like leverage the fact that i have every card of the game to like you know what i'm saying like i can't like yeah. go sell my chase mythics like i can on mtgo and play off that right and if you're not an absurd you're not playing at an absurd, absurd win rate at literal all the time there's like no way for you to like quote unquote go infinite. It's like very hard on there because the payout system sucks. And then even then, like I wanted to bring up this. You were you know one of the first things you talked about, one of the first points you made about like you know some of the individual stuff, right? And I'll get into the paper side of this for a second. But I, but since we started this started with arena, I want to talk about this. You know you're wondering what cards you'll see in MTG Alchemy. You know you're wondering the cards. I want to talk about the cards that are actually in it. Uh, they, right now. Um, it has, let me make sure here. There's only 44 uncommon cards or, or whatever. Wait, hmm. I'm, I'm misreading. Uh, I'm misreading this, this tweet that I'm going off of. Sorry. Okay. Never mind. This is, this is correct. Okay. It's 168 rare wild cards, 40 mythic rare, uh, 40 mythic rare wild cards to craft the full set. But there's only 44 uncommons in the set. So, if you want to craft alchemy, it's 168 rares, 40 mythics, 44 uncommons. The amount of money that translates to on that program is astronomical. If you don't just randomly have that all saved up, right? And that's an insane cash grab because you can't draft this set. There's no way to like acquire the cards other than crafting what you want. You know, I, I think you can buy packs of I'm not I'm not even sure. I think you can maybe buy a pack of alchemy. I don't know how that works. You know, I haven't actually gone into the program yet today. I don't want to download that damn gigantic update of Alchemy into my, into my computer. But that seems absurd to me. Also, I want to make another point. Somebody's talking about today. Some of the, uh, you know, we, we talked about this. Some of the cards are uh, are changed, right? You know, for Alchemy, like, uh, you know, they, they, they change the way some of these cards work. They, they physically change either the power of toughness, some of the text, you know, like... Um, 
what's the quad blue card? You know, that comes back from a graveyard. Demi-Lich. Yeah, Demi-Lich is a 4-4 four, four, instead of a 4-3. You know, just doesn't die to the uh, to the removal that most of the people are playing now, right? Just doesn't, you know, things like that. The problem is, if your card gets changed, you do not get any kind of compensation, right? So if your card gets changed for the worse and makes it like unplayable, and now you need, you know, you have a slot in your deck. Oh, I need to make four new two drops, right? Because my two drop got changed. They do not give you any reimbursement of any kind, and you can't craft you know you can't dust these cards like you could in hearthstone you can't sell them like you could on mtgo even though the market would crash on that quickly but you get what i'm saying you can't it, you are just stuck yeah you're you're at literal zero with and, this card and this is the big problem with the this announcement and the such obvious move to to digital magic into arena and said arena's economy is complete horseshit and is designed to literally just reach into your wallet and take all of your money. Like, like here's a really good example. I'm not the best limited player in the world, right? I'm well above average, though. Uh, when this new set came out... Sick uh, brag. Shut up. Hey, I've got numbers to back it up, but I don't know how good I am now. At one <laughs> point in time, I was okay, all right? I was well, I was well above average. Anyway, um, when the set came out, I just I was like fuck it i just crafted the entire set because because i'm that kind of rich on arena right you know i have like hundreds and hundreds of wild cards right so i just crafted the whole set because when you do that whenever you open a rare like whenever you would open a rare that you already have you get 20 gems or if it's a, or if it's a mythic you get 40 which is by far too little anyway with the way the system works but that helps you like you know keep going when you're drafting the set i still went broke super fast you know like if i didn't you know crush all my drafts right away that i was playing it or anything like that i'm like man this just kind of sucks yeah. if you, you want to spend some time trying out different things you could yeah. learn yeah uh, like learning the format you know i put in like 30 to 50 drafts before vegas so i could like know the format you know and uh yeah i mean you know maybe my win rate wasn't as high as i wanted it to be obviously you know i would have loved to have win more you know i've been winning a little bit more lately but still even then i still can't at some point in time like you know, you're you're gonna get. You know, Cannon, you, why 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 would you lose when you can win? I mean, yeah. Have you ever? There's only two options. Luckier? Yeah, like that's my favorite thing when someone's like, you know, like you know, blah 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 about their game and they complain. I'm always like, yeah. Have you, have you ever considered just being luckier? Yeah, it's always it, drawing better. Have you ever considered just always having it? You know, like that's you could have you know, won that hard. game if you top decked them on the last turn. Yeah, like yeah. Why didn't you just draw this? You noob. But go home and practice that some more. You know, kind of thing and. You know that it, it just kind of I don't know man like we've talked about it a lot a lot a lot we've talked about it a lot about how bad the economy is on that program and I think it's finally broke me and and that's going to be the issue here they're going to create this you know incentive to drive as many people to arena as possible and the economy is going to turn a lot of people off as it should uh, and if we want to I think if we want to focus our ire on anything. It shouldn't be on, no, we don't want alchemy. We don't want all like these changes to how magic works. Like these changes have to happen. They're going to happen. What we exactly. want is a digital client that isn't fucking predatory. And that's that's it for me, right? Like take all the qualms. I ha Like obviously if you've listened to the show enough, you know Ross hates alchemy. Like you just know that <laughs> like off the bat. And you know I'm going to not like it, but I'm going to have that optimistic part of me that's like, or the, you know, the realistic, you know, I'm a little more realistic, you know, I can toe the line and be like, well, I see this from the business standpoint, I see this, you know, blah, 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 like, I get this, but like, exactly what you're saying is like, you're just perpetuating this like predatory system that it has more and more, and you're just bleeding the players dry. Like at some point in time, 
you actually have to think about the player growth uh, in mind when you think about this where it's like, yeah, we're making a lot of money now, but like you want to you want to make the max while still allowing them to be there a year later. You know, it's like, here, here's a really good example. I've seen this happen. This, this is going to be a tiny bit of story. Like I remember I was in an LGS once and this dad walks in, right? Obviously he's like, he knows he's supposed to be there, but he's lost. If you get what I'm saying, like he's, he's not the magic player, right? <laughs> Fish out of water. Right. And the owner, like, you know, is talking to him. He's like, hey, man, like, how can I help you, right? Owner, owner's a great guy. I think he's a little short-sighted when it comes to a few things. Owner's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. Um, and I'm, I'll, I'll never forget this, trans- this interaction. So the guy tells him, he's like, hey, you know, I've got, a, I've got a few kids. You know, he's got, like, a, you know, a couple kids that are young, right? Like, grade school-ish. You know, 10-ish, somewhere in there. Pre-teens into teens. He's like, I got, a, I got a couple friends, and they hung out with some of their other friends this weekend. And they got taught how to play Magic. Game looks cool. My kids really liked it. They were interested in it. So I'm here to like buy some cards from them. Maybe I'll learn and then I'll start bringing them in. And so the guy tells him about Friday Night Magic. You know, it's pre-pandemic, right? Tells him about Friday Night Magic. And he's like, yeah, pretty great place to go. Our store, super great place to play. That store, super great place to play. FNM, right? A lot of casual players, you know, uh, a lot of the standard decks there. There are people trying to win, but there's also people with like the more budget-friendly decks. You know what I mean? They don't always have like the top-tier deck with all the mythics. You get what I'm saying? Like, you know, you could, and you're just, you're, you're given prize no matter what. Like, you know, there's a, if you go XO at FNM, you're going to get some good prizes, but it's not top heavy, right? It's more to foster the community, right? So not only does he talk this dad's ear off <laughs> about all of it, but he pushes as hard as possible on a big sale, right? He's like, yeah, you're going to need all this, 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 and this. And like, he pushed some boxes that weren't selling the greatest at the time. Like he pushed uh, one of the Amonkhet sets on the guy. You know, one of the worst selling sets of all time in Magic, right? And he pushes a couple boxes on him, and the guy's like, yeah, of course, you know, 200 bucks. That's not a, that's not a big investment for my kids, right? He's like, all right, hey, you're going to need some sleeves, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm, like, watching the entire transaction. I'm just like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is happening, right? And, like, he pushes a bunch of stuff on him. The guy buys everything. When the dude's about to leave, I'm like, hey, hold up. You're going you're gonna to need one more thing. And the owner kind of looks at me, and I reach over. And on the front of the display, we had the starter decks that they send you for free. You know, it's a box of, like, two 30-card decks in it, and they're, like, pretty evenly matched. I'm like, you're going to need these, you know, because, like, the dad needs to learn the game, and these kids need to learn the game. Can you imagine you, like, learn how to play Magic, and then, like, your dad buys you cards, he just buys you two booster boxes, you go home, you open it up, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, what, what do I do with this, right? You want, you want to hear the, the worst part about the story? Never saw that dude or his kids ever again. And obviously. So, like, here's the thing. You, you, you pushed a big sale up front. You made a couple hundred bucks, right? You got rid of these boxes. Just, and you didn't make a couple hundred bucks, right? You, you made your margin. And you got rid of some stuff that you couldn't get rid of. You know what happens if you just like give him the free shit, maybe sell him something small, like like give him one of the dual decks, you know, the, the thing that comes with two decks so his kids can play or whatever after they play, you know, hey, play with these first and then these get more complicated, you know, once they start, you know, learning stuff. And then you know what? Those kids are in there for the next eight years and they're begging their dad every Friday night, hey, can I have 20 bucks when I go to FNM? I want to be able to play and buy some, you know, some, some Cheetos and like, you know, buy a monster. So I just run around the house when I get home. But you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's not going to, it's going to go great. Those kids are going to be there, have a lot of fun for years. And instead you made the short sighted thing to make more money. Right. And I'm worrying that that's, what's going to happen in this game is yeah, you're going to make a lot of money up front. People are going to spend a ton on alchemy and maybe the product's great. Maybe it has staying power and people stay and it's awesome. Right. They're going to, they're going to force these pros to play it. Right. These pros are going to have to play it in, in whatever the MPL thing is this year and stuff but i'm 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 hoping the longevity is there because if not you're you're costing yourself a lot of growth in the game and a lot of the future of the players and people in this game 
and what's the thing you can you can you can shear a sheep so many times but you can only skin it once what's what's the, isn't that the saying yeah yeah it's something like that something like you get what i'm saying like at, at some point in time you got to give us a little bit right and we've seen that in the history of magic where like you know they've they've done that right like you know they they chill out but like i just feel like you know this is this is another step in what we've seen the last couple of years like you've been seeing people talk about this on twitter where they're like can we chill for like a month there's a new product every month there's new spoilers every month which hey i've kind of liked that honestly but it's just cool but there's so much going on that at some point you're going to be spread so thin and i'm i'm at that point ross i feel like butter over too much bread to quote one of my favorite movies you know yeah it's um it's uh, that's that's another thing that watsi is doing is just like they're shoving so much product down our throats all the time like have uh, you seen have you seen the new the new new Innistrad thing this double feature which by the name great great name i love the idea of like making it like the double feature horror movie thing of like drive-ins have you seen this though no okay so there is a product that's out called Innistrad double feature where when you draft it it's crimson vow and it's midnight hunt together so you draft the set with like everything in it right and the cards are different in the set they're like really black and white like they have the kind of like old monster movie vibe thing it cost twice as much, but you only get 33% more in stuff, like in rares and stuff. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, the direct correlation's not there. And there's part of me, like the vindictive part of me, that's just like, I hope this product flops really hard, really hard, just so they see that, like, hey, this was not a good idea. <laughs> you know, like... Let's not do that again. Let's not, let's not push this kind of thing again. You know, whatever. So... I know we've been very negative here, but these are these are problems that are pretty real, and, and I think that's it's going to come up, and it's been coming up. It, uh, yeah, and you know, it, it's I don't, I don't it's it's hard to evaluate because it's not something that is going to, um, you know, cause one big event that changes everything. This is the kind of thing that just slowly whittles down the player base and the enthusiasm for the game um, and, and, you know, prevents people from being magic players for 20, 30 years, the way they have been over you the mean like the you first, and I, yeah. Uh, for, for most of the game's life. So um, that I think this was an, you know, ultimately a, a necessary step. I think they needed to create a digital friendly version of magic because magic as it is, is just isn't digital friendly. Um, and there's only so much you can do to, you know, put lipstick on that pig. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> sure. I've never actually heard that one before. That's nice. <laughs> uh, so, you know, so while, yeah, personally, you know, I, I don't like the idea of, of dealing with like ratted cards all the time. And um, it, it is, I think, essentially also killing standard for online play. Like, alchemy is going let's, to replace standard, and nobody plays standard in paper. So, like, st- standard is basically dead. Let's talk about that, because, like, there, there are parts of this that I do like and I do think are great. And what Ross is alluding to and I alluded to earlier is there are cards already that have been changed. Like, I'll give you a few examples. Like, uh, Alrin's Epiphany is five blue blue. Take an extra turn after this one. If it's if the spell was foretold, create two uh, blue uh, bird tokens, whatever, ex- exile this. And its foretell is still... Uh, it's foretell is now five blue blue as well. So now it's always seven instead of one six, and then you only get the birds if you foretell it. So like this is a fixed version of Alrin's Epiphany, right? But here's the weird part too. So this is how Alrin's Epiphany plays now in Historic, 
right? How it plays in, in alchemy, right? And then if you have in standard, you're still playing the normal version. You're still playing the, I get birds every time. It's cheaper, so like you have to keep up with that, right? So like now you're playing two different versions of the same card, right? And I, I'll tell you this, when you're not used to this, because, you know, coming from Flesh and Blood recently, where there's three versions of a lot of the cards, but there's a there's a, a thing it follows, like a direct thing it follows. And these don't follow that kind of thing, right? There's like a, a scale that all of them follow. This can be daunting for a lot of people. Like, which version of Allworn's Epiphany is it they're playing with? Can you imagine you're casting an event or you're playing an event and it's standard and it's alchemy? And then your opponent has you know, one of these cards to change and you can't remember, like, you're like, wait, which one, which one's which, you know, that's like another whole nother layer. You know, I'm looking at Ezekiel's chariot here. It's three and a green for the four, four, whatever. When it enters the battlefield, it creates a two, two green token. So it doesn't make two, right? So it can't crew itself with its own creatures. You have to have something else now. Like Omnath now is unbanned in historic because they have Omnath now. It costs five. It costs the four colors plus one. It's a four, four. When it enters the battlefield, it scries one instead of drawing a card. And I think the landfalls are all still the normal. They all look the same to me. But you get what I'm saying? Stuff like that. And then they changed, you know, some other cards that aren't, you know, super competitive. I, I heard they changed you know, Luminarch Aspirant to trigger on the end step instead of the combat. Yes. And, and that's, that's, that's fucked up. Why would you do that? Whose idea was that? Show yeah. yourself. And, like, that's actually that's actually one of the ones that I was mentioning is, like, you know, someone was talking about that. I think it was, like, Pleasant Kenobi or they were talking about it on Twitter where he's like, I find this card almost unplayable now, but you know, I had this deck that I had in historic where I had four of them and now I have to find a replacement for it. And yeah, you did print like a good two drop white creature, but now I have to make that creature. And what if I don't have wild cards? Now I have to go get wild cards somehow and you can't buy wild cards. You have to earn them or you have to open packs and get them out of the packs. And that drop rate is not high. So that's another problem that we talked about in arena where it's like, if you want to get a specific deck, well, you're fucked. Like, it's going to take a lot of money, you know? Also, like, you know, I've seen this, too. Now, when you open a pack, if it has one of the cards that has the two versions, it just has the two versions in the pack. So, you get both versions at least. So, that's good, right? And from now on, when you see these cards that have been um, altered, to the top left, so to the left of the name in that little box, there'll be, like, the or the Arena Mythic A-looking thing or whatever. So, you'll have that mark. Or they'll have that as their set symbol. They'll have, like, the A with 22 behind it. Because, like, you know, they have cards like... Uh, there's a new one. It's called, like, Absorb Energy, right? It's one blue-blue. It's an instant. It counters target spell. Cards in your hand that share a card type with that spell perpetually gain. This spell costs one less. So if you have a bunch of creatures in your hand and you counterspell a creature, all your creatures just cost one less that were in your hand when it happened. This is a card you can never play in paper, obviously. This is a card that you can only play digitally, right? You can only play this on, like, Arena or whatever. And it, 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 it's cool. It's a cool design. It doesn't feel like magic to me. It will eventually. But the, the part that I am okay with... So, like, you know, again, we're being negative. I know I said I was going to be positive. It is pretty cool that they're going to get to fix some of the problem cards. They're going to get to fix some of the mistakes, right? You know, they're going back and they're changing Omnath, right? They're letting Omnath be playable, right? They're going back and they're they're fixing all. I'm using quotations here. Fixing all runes epiphany, fixing Ezekiel's chariot, right? And yeah, maybe they'll make some of the cards unplayable at this point, or maybe they're just not as good, or maybe they make them fair, you know. And this is a cool thing that they can do because you can't do this in paper. You know, we've seen cards get eroded. You know, I'm thinking about like Teferi recently in the last few years. You know, just to fix some problems, but like you can't drastically change a card for paper. 
It's too confusing for players. They open up, they open a pack. This card says this. Oh wait, no, no, that's not actually how that works. You know, what if they don't know that? You know, going to an event. But on here, it just changes in front of you, right? Like the card is magically changed. One thing that I wanted to bring up though, it's gonna be interesting. Can you imagine deck lists in the future? Like when you're looking up deck lists from events, like you're looking at top eights. Like how are they gonna display the cards? And it's like, what Omnath is in your deck? Well, this is the Omnath that was from July fourth to. October 2nd of 2023. You know, you're like, oh, is that Omnath? Which one was that one again? Because this is the sixth different Omnath. You know, he's got he's got more versions than he has actual versions of his card in the game, you know, at this point. You know, that kind of stuff. But I do like the idea of being able to fix things because it is one thing that, you know, Magic hasn't had in the past, right? Like when you look at other card games, like Hearthstone, you know, these digital card games, like they didn't necessarily have to ban cards. They could just, you know, change up the casting costs on them. You know, make it cost one more. You know, make it do one less thing. You know, change the way the card works so it works, it works the way it was intended. You know, kind of stuff. So, because with how much magic's being played these days, you know, with millions of games happening every day in Arena, we get stuff fixed pretty fast, right? Like like you said, Standard's pretty dead, but Standard gets solved so fast now. Yeah. And Alchemy will be solved pretty fast, too, because Historic got solved pretty fast. This allows them to shake up the format, right? And like, I think that's a good thing for the format. I think that sounds great. It's very good because I don't think that was changing. I don't. I don't think the issue, you know, has always been like them just making mistakes or whatever. Like mistakes are going to happen, and we're just whittling down and so and you know solving the format so quickly. And they, Watsi, you know, putting out more product means that their resources are spread thinner. So I, I would imagine. I would have guessed that they are testing fewer games of standard than they were 10 years ago, right? Because they probably... I 100% think that's that's true. Yeah. Um, so they're just not going to, you know, catch things. They've got to, you know, take risks. Otherwise, the sets are going to fall flat for just being boring uh, and, you know, underpowered. And so, like, mistakes like that are going to happen. Like, Omnath and Oko and things like that are going to happen. Um, and they don't really have a good way to fix it other than just banning cards. And, you know, eventually, like, you ban your way out of an interesting format. Uh, and we've seen that play out in Standard a lot over the last, you know, four years or so. And really, the this is the, the fix. Having Alchemy as a format that essentially replaces Standard is the fix. I, I think some of the issues you brought up about, like, a tournament that has both standard and alchemy or just, that's just not going to happen like yeah no, nobody's right? going to run that tournament <laughs> like so i, I wouldn't be worried Watsi's about that he's going to do it i i have a feeling they're going to do it they're going to they're going to run a two like a, i think there's a chance they run a two format arena event and like what's the other format that you make it be like like what do you do like historic and alchemy aren't they technically the same thing no see th th i'm so confused <laughs> Like, because I know that in Historic, you get the Alchemy version of Omnath, and it's legal now. Alchemy is just standard plus. Okay, so so it's actually just standard. See, man, what? <laughs> like, I'm so confused. I, I'm not saying you're wrong. I think you're right, obviously. But... <sighs> I, th I think the rebalanced cards are also going to be in Historic, especially if they were previously banned in Historic. Um, so they're only going to be the balanced versions. But I think that's the only part that that goes okay. into historic. Okay. Um, and yeah, it says like historic alchemy will be a new digital only format. Um, and yeah, 
But the, the and you'll get both versions of, of the car. It's weird to me that they're going to have, I, I guess you're still going to be allowed to play actual standard that doesn't have rebalanced versions. They, those versions need to exist. Um, but I, I would, uh, but the, um, I think they're going to be focusing on alchemy and historic as their competitive formats. And yeah, I think you're right, because it's saying here, I just wrote and read up some more stuff. It's saying any standard deck that doesn't use rebalanced cards is already to go is ready to go for alchemy. And any deck using the rebalanced cards would need to swap in the new rebalanced versions. I think you have to physically do that on the client, which doesn't make sense to me. If I just port my deck over, like shouldn't it do it for me? You know, kind of thing. But like cause the game should just be able to tell that like if I'm going from standard to alchemy, like I should just have the alchemy version of the card in my deck. But like because I actually like that idea. I like the idea of, like, if you're going to make Standard last this long, you know, because it's, like, two years now on some of these cards. You know, it feels like fucking forever for some of these decks. Excuse my language. It feels like forever on some of these uh, on some of these uh, decks. And um, being able to change that, I think, is awesome. Like, I actually might play Standard, you know, if stuff like that happens. And, like, another big thing here that, um, you know, I didn't bring up, but this, this is a big deal, is they're going to have Alchemy, like pseudo sets attached to all the sets that come out now like there is alchemy Innistrad, and this one's going to have 60 new cards in it for alchemy since it's the first one but going forward it seems like every set from here on is going to have an alchemy attached with 30 cards to kind of like keep spicing stuff up and these are going to be like the digital only cards like a really good example of one of them is i think this i think this card's kind of nuts it's two and a red for a human warrior with haste that's a three three but when it attacks you conjure four cards named Lightning Bolt into your library and then shuffle. So it's a 3-3 three, three for three with haste, and when you attack it, you just get four Lightning Bolts into your deck. I, I think it's kind of cool. You know, it like puts it's a, a lot of Lightning Bolts. Yeah, because like, the, the, there's a few of these cards that are digital only that do a lot of stuff like this that you could obviously never do in paper, you know, that, that are like the Hearthstone thing where you, like, you discover a spell or like something cool happens, right? Keeping up with all that's going to be a pain in the butt. And I'm telling you right now, it's going to be crazy the first time you're watching a like big time championship for a lot of money, and someone has to roll the dice to win. Where they're like, "All right, I'm going to play this card," and it and it goes through its spell book. Right? There's cards that, like when you do this, you get a card from this card's spell book, which generally like you know like ten different cards it could be, and it's like half of them win them the game, and half of them don't in this spot, and that's going to decide a huge game. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. It's actually kind of fun and kind of cool. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's a big moment. Like, all right, is he going to make the 55 yard field goal? And it's 50-50 from here, you know, as a professional. Is he going to hit the three, you know, at the last second? It's, it's like one of those crazy things that's going to go on. And it allows them to add, you know, cards in after the fact, too, as well. Like, I don't know when they design these and when they're going to be released. But, like, let's say you release this, like, a few months after the set. I, I assume it's going to be closer. But, like, you could maybe, you know, help fix some problems, right? You're like, well, the red deck needs a little help, right? So let's give it another one drop in Alchemy, right? Or at that point, you can change a card. Yeah, it, you know, it just gives them the, a lot more flexibility yeah. now and to I love create it. interesting formats. Yeah, and this this is the the thing. That, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. So this is the thing that's going to be good for it, right? This is this is how it's going to work if if this is successful. Sorry, and and that's going to allow them to I, I because I assume that the way they scheduled MPL events was for a lot of other reasons, other like you know, and disregarding you know, where in the sort of cycle of the metagame 
the tournament was going to be. And they figured out, oh, like, you know, if the, the cards are interesting, it'll be fine. And they probably made the decisions of the, on scheduling for a bunch of other reasons that still exist and are legitimate reasons. But they got boned time and time again by having really stale, uninteresting Lame formats all the time. duck formats. Yeah. And now you, they just have the flexibility to, yeah. and, you know, uh, that there's always the joke back when we had modern Pro Tours that they would have to ban something before every modern Pro Tours so that things were interesting and they shook it up. Now they're going to have the opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, for every tournament so that they can create interesting metagames. Now, that, that's not to say that they will. They might fuck it up. <laughs> I have faith. I have hopefully faith. Hopefully they will. And this is what's going to get me. This is what's going to keep me around. If this is a thing, right, where unless the format's really good, right, like let's say the format's really good. They have eight different decks in the top eight, seven, six different decks in the top eight, really well represented. All the games were great. And like, you know, they, they listen to the players. Players are like, yeah, this is the best format we've played in a long time. Don't change anything. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, run that format back, you know? But if you have one where, you know, it's it's like it's it's a it's a two-deck format and it's half and half of the top eight river, maybe we should change a card or two. You know, like, we would have seen Hours Epiphany change a lot sooner, right? You know, in, in, the, in the last year. We would have seen something happen to these blue-red decks a lot sooner. And that's going to get me invested again, right? Because if you can promise, because, like, here's the thing. I didn't watch a damn one of those MPL things after, like, the first one, one or two. Yeah. So I was like, it's the same format every time, and it's awful. These players don't, some of them don't care. Some of them hate it. You could tell. And, like, this format sucks. And there's nothing they're going to do about it. Like, they just wouldn't fix it. Now, you have all the power to do it and to add in some cool aspect to it. This actually seems pretty sweet to me. Like, this part I like. So, I know we've been doom and gloom a little bit. Not as bad as we could have been. But we've been doom and gloom a little bit. But, like, this is what's going to get me. This is what's going to save me for the thing. Because... I've always said this when I knew there was a problem with the MPL stuff when I stopped watching it. And I know that sounds kind of like self-centered or whatever you want to say it, like, you know, making myself more important than I need to be. But I am the person who you have to try to get me to not watch your product. I watched every pro tour. I watched every SCG event that I didn't, I wasn't involved in. If I couldn't watch it live, I went back and watched it. You know, like if most of the time when I wasn't, if I wasn't there, you know, Brian Basoko, you know, the, the local guy I was mentioning earlier, he would come over. We'd like go get some food and like get some daiquiris or like, you know, a bottle of wine or something. And we just like sit there on the couch for like six hours and watch coverage and just chit chat and stuff. Cause like it was the same as if like you're coming over to watch the game, you know, like we loved it, you know, especially when like, you know, the, the better, like the SCG tour always had the best announcers. So it was like a lot of fun to listen to, you know, Cedric and Pete Sully all day long, just having a blast, you know, cause like, you know, like I've always said, it's almost like they're in the living room with you, you know, and that was just fun. Like, that was a good Saturday for me. You know, I actually really enjoyed that. It was a really good Sunday for me, especially when I used to have, like, two TVs in my living room. I would have one on the SEG Tour thing Sick with the volume on. Yeah, with the volume on, and then I'd have, like, you know, the Saints football game on or, you know, whatever the other thing I want on the other TV. Or, you know, you just set up your second one right there, like, whatever. And this is going to be something that recaptures me, hopefully, because they lost me over the last year and a half. Yeah, we, last two years. I can see the potential here. Yeah, I'm actually like the more we're talking about it, the more I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. And I say all this, and I was kind of bitching. I'm I'm gonna load up Arena when we're done with this and download the thing because you do get some free stuff when you log on. For everybody listening, if you haven't done it yet, you receive three alchemy packs and then several rare or better individual card rewards. So you do get some free stuff. You know, the the, the first taste is free, Ross. The first taste <laughs> is always free. But you know, they give you some of that stuff, so that's pretty cool. And then. You know, as the main format, they're going to be supporting Alchemy in the future in competitive events. Like, we talked about this. Like, 
theoretically, but there's already some actual seriousness to it. The December ranked season is going to use alchemy. And there's going to be an alchemy arena open in January. So, like, maybe within a month, you're going to have an open. I would assume it's going to be later January, but sometime in January, there's going to be another arena open. And if I'm not doing anything that weekend, and the format looks sweet out, if I like a deck in it, I'm going to play in it. Like, I'm going to be in there. I'm going to put my money where my mouth is. I'm going I'm to play this thing. So, it's it sucks because this is probably the death of standard paper, which, let's be real, it kind of died already. It's been, just been, it's had one foot in the grave for a while. Yeah, and it's rare that you see a lot of high-level standard. <laughs> yeah. They're saying they're going to continue to offer competitive events of standard and historic. Maybe that's what they'll do. They'll have standard, historic, and a mixed thing, and then alchemy will be a, a one-of. Maybe. That, maybe that's a thing, but... They're, they're just going to be... It's just going to be alchemy. <laughs> well, of, of course, up, up front. You know, up front or whatever, they'll do that. But I don't know, man. I, the more we talk about this, the more we go through this, I'm, I'm liking it. I'm kind of digging it. Now, while we're on that, on the arena open things, I do want to make one, one little thing, one little nitpick that happened recently. So last weekend, which was December 4th and 5th, there was a draft open. Great, great. I love when they do limited. Right, you know, like I, I, I would have participated in the draft open, but I'll, I was busy that day. Right, I participated in all the, the limited ones before this. Absolutely love them, adore them. They need to do more of these. They just need to have more opens on arena. Like they need more events where you can win something. Right, like you get kind of paid back for having your cards, or you know, for playing on arena. Because, like we said, there's there's no path to something worthwhile other than yeah, you have a number next to your name, right? And there's there's some there's some pride there, but like at the end of the day. I can't I can't spend pride on food for my table or go buy more EDH decks, right? But if I do well in one of the arena opens, I can get 2k and I can go buy a pimp commander deck. I can get all the I can get all the foils, I can get it all blinged out, I can get all the the cool stuff for it, right? And we're going to have one of those for for alchemy here coming up, but the thing that I had a problem with is it was on December 4th and 5th, which was the day they made the store championships around the country as well. Where did you see this? Where like they had the the worm coils and the collected companies with like the the, the stores yeah. names on them and stuff. Why, why Ross? Like why would you make it the same day of like the you already the, those things clearly LGS. got scheduled by two different people that didn't talk. Uh, for anyone who doesn't believe what Ross just said, that one hundred percent happens at this company. They they certain certain parts don't talk to each other like before a problem comes up and they're like oh well you know what are we gonna do bad luck I guess. You know, kind of thing. Because with as much as they shit on LGSs the last few years, you know, with like Amazon getting involved, uh, Secret Layers, believe it or not, is really bad for LGSs and stuff like that because like they can't, like, you, you know, they just get no part of it whatsoever and, and things like that. This was another, here was their thing. They're like, LGSs, we're going to help you out. Like, I remember I was excited when I saw this because I was like, this is so good for your local game store, right? These promos are selling at a really high rate right now. The warm calls are going for like, over a hundred dollars, somewhere sometimes up to two hundred. The collected companies are pretty expensive, so like it was worth it for you to go and play in it. And if you did well, you know my LGS, which normally uh, does, they do tournaments of ca- with cash prizes. They normally give out like two hundred fifty, three hundred bucks, which is like enough to get you know a decent amount of people. They made a five k, like they went hard, you know, yeah, because they you know they got people from like all over the state were coming. You know, they ended up with like sixty or seventy people. I think they expected more, but still, it was it was a pretty good thing, but. Why would you do this on the same day? Like, I, maybe there was just literally no other date for this, but you you made this event 
to help out LGSs, and then you did something to incentivize players not to go. And I know there's someone at my house, I mean, at my house, I know there's someone listening right now that's like, well, I did both Tannen. You know, I went and played in that, and then I played, I played the draft open before and after it. Well, you know, good for you. You're probably one of the only people who, who was able to do that. <laughs> you know, a lot of people have to, like, travel to a specific LGS if they wanted to play the, the championship. They might not have had the opportunity and stuff for this, so... Come on, Watsy. Like, don't throw us a bone and then break it in half. Like, I, I just don't get it. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and at this point, it, it's just going to be a matter of w- wait and see. Because, you know, all the optimism that we have about this, and I think we both have, have seen points that uh, give us cause for optimism, is all dependent on them executing it well. Yes. And... That's where I don't have as much faith. But I want to be surprised, Ross. I hope springs eternal or whatever. You know, there's still that little there's still a little boy in me, Ross. It's like they're, they're gonna get it right. There's a little boy that remembers going to the local game store and being able to be, afford two packs and being excited and hoping I get a rare that helps out my deck. You know, hope I get a black rare this weekend so I can make my hypnotic specters that much better. You know, kind of thing. And. I want this to work so bad and I'm getting more excited about it the more I'm talking about it when usually it's the other way around. Usually when we talk about these things, I sort of like, you know, nitpick and see more holes in it. And on this one, I'm, I'm feeling a little better. I'm, I'm sinking, I'm sinking slower into the quicksand here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm not just like immediately falling straight through it. By the way, when I was a child, I thought quicksand was going to be like way more of a problem. <laughs> there's there's it can be quicksand everywhere. Yeah. It was like it was like quicksand, volcanoes, like you would just I thought I was going to catch on fire all the time with how much they told me how to like hey, if you ever on fire, you know, stop, drop and roll, you know, all that stuff like I was like, "Man, the world must really suck." Like, <laughs> it's like you're not on fire, then you're going to die in quicksand, you know, kind of thing, but like they, I was just led to believe it was going to be a serious problem and I I've never seen it, Ross, but well, but, I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, well, also don't go outside a whole lot. So that probably, <laughs> man has spent thousands of years perfecting inside. Why would I go outside? Is the kind of thing I want to talk about here. But overall, I got to say this: I'm cautiously optimistic. I don't like certain parts of it, obviously, um, but I'm in a better headspace with it than I was when they first announced it. Because when they first announced it, I just started laughing, like <laughs> like, and I, I I mean that in the nicest way possible, and like. I hope this didn't come off too negative. So if any Watsy employees listening, I'm not trying to just shit on your stuff. I'm really sorry if it came off that way because I don't want it to. I want this product to be. As, I mean, I love magic. I want the product to be as good as possible. But I've I have been becoming more and more disenfranchised. I guess is a way to put it. Would you Would you think that's the the way to say it? Um, disheartened, yeah, dis- disenfranchised, and, yeah, and to become yeah. and disheartened. Both good words. Yeah. Over the last two to three to four years with the game. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. You know, I know that I'm not the whale anymore, right? Like, I don't buy Commander product. You know, I don't buy a ton of stuff. And that's fine. You know, they're moving over to people. But at the same time, like, I'd like at least a little something. You know, I'd like at least a little something to be excited about instead of, you know, every, you know, being disappointed more and more than I was ever excited about anything in the last few years. So I got high hopes for this one, Ross. I don't know if you, overall, if you're similar to where I'm at. Yeah, I think we're in pretty pretty similar place. Yeah. Okay. Good. I was hoping that I actually thought that there was a there was a possibility that I was going to be more of the curmudgeon on this episode and <laughs> hate this more than you, and I was really worried about that because we've got to stay in our lanes, right? You know, you've got the old man yells at cloud thing, and I've got the 
is Tannen actually shill for some of these companies kind of thing sometimes? But, you know, we just need the opposing viewpoint yeah. sometimes, too. You know, you you get to be the person who who reigns me in. Sure, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's a good point. Shows me the silver lining on the cloud that I'm yelling at. Yeah, it was it was the other way around today, and I liked it. Because I yeah, went in, I went in fun sad. being the ranty one. Yeah, I went in. Yeah, you get you get to go off. It's great. <laughs> you just get to yell about things. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it is called MTG rants for a reason. But you know, because like, I came in, I definitely came in with more of a heavy heart and like kind of like is this actually it you know my shoulders were slumped my head was hanging low i was dragging my feet and i've got a little more pep in my step coming out of this a little this. more glide really, really in your stride yeah a little glide in the stride never heard that one i like that one but but uh speaking of other things that i've, I've liked and that i've actually been excited about and this is something i kind of want to like try to do more on the show is like what i'm enjoying right now it doesn't even have to necessarily be magic related but i'll try to make it magic related if i can and there's something that I've really been enjoying lately, especially from if you listen to the overall, like what I like and dislike about a lot of the stuff going on in Magic in the last few years, I need that competitive outlet and it's just not been there for me. And one thing that I've really liked and enjoyed, and I know you've been kind of in on this too, and anyone who's like into Twitch and Magic is, if you haven't heard about this, the uh, I just nicknamed it the Aspiring Spike Trophy Race. Now, Aspiring Spike, been on the show a bunch, nice friend of the show, one of the more popular streamers in magic overall but definitely one of the, like the biggest risers of magic streamers in the last like two years like went from relative unknown to he's one of the top streamers every day when he streams he's always in like the top three to five you know he's averaging well over a thousand people a stream just utterly crushing it and he's at the point where he's so popular and he's actually really really good that he's like directly affecting the market and the metagame when he's yeah. playing because which is really constantly cool constantly innovating decks yeah this is not a guy that finds one deck and sticks on it, though he will, you know, go back to it. A lot of variety in his stream. He's my favorite streamer, period. Oh, He's yeah. my, my favorite Magic streamer. Not, not close. Yeah, not close. Like, there's other people that are great, and I freaking love. Like, like uh, Kyle Rose is one of my favorite streamers, or The Ham TV, as he's known it, for, but for limited. And if anybody doesn't know who Kyle Rose is, that's because he was, like, the best player in the world 20-something years ago. So, he uh, won, like, a limited pro tour. No one knows who he, who he is. Uh, at one point in time, uh, I think it was, like, last year, he has two accounts on Arena. He was number one and number two in Limited, while also being the trophy leader on Magic Online. That That's the kind of Limited player this guy is. He's just the best. Like, like Ben S will be like, yeah, that guy's, that guy, you know, like, the, or Sigris. Anyone who thinks the best, they're like, no, 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 it's, it's that guy. You know, kind of thing. And I, I like watching him. But uh, Aspiring Spike is by far my favorite. But so Aspiring Spike has done this before, where he's done like a trophy race with some people, but he got real serious about it this season. The season's last, what, I think it's 90 days. So Something it's like, like three that. months, right? And it's it's in modern. So um, a trophy in modern is when you play in one of the leagues, you get five rounds, you have to 5 0. That's the only way to get a trophy, right? So pretty rare to 5 0 out of five rounds. Um, there's a big race going on right now. The big three are Aspiring Spike. He's actually in second right now uh, at the moment. So a guy named Demonic Tutors, who's just been crushing it, which is it's good by the way. There's a, there's direct competition for him, and then um, in third place has been um, I'm gonna say aspiring Ginger. That's misplaced Ginger. Uh, I got a Canadian named Derek that I actually know, who's just a great Magic player. And if uh, if you haven't been like a grinder and into that kind of scene, you might not know who he is, but the real ones know. You know he's like a old old school like Magic grinder on Magic Online. Has been for a long time. He's like one of mocks. Just very very good. So all three of these players, a lot of chops, really good. Lots of different variety in the decks as well. Like if you're super into modern, which is like I think the Cadillac of constructed Magic right now, it's also in one of the best places it's been in a long time. 
Lots of good stuff's going on there. Spike spent about, I think, like $500 on actual trophies for first place, second place, and third that he's going to actually ship out. So he has, like, actual physical trophies for these. Along with, I think he did this last time. I can't remember this time. I think he gave the winner 500 subs of the first trophy race. I think he might have upped it on this one. And then if he loses, like, if he doesn't finish first, he's going to get a mullet. Like, he's letting his hair grow out, and he's going to get his hair cut into a mullet. Like, he always does something crazy with it, too. So, lots of incentives to watch there. Um, I hope no one takes this badly. Like, he just, like, ruins their life doing this, you know, like, playing all day every day. But it's been fun to watch all three of those players that I mentioned. They're the top three in the list round. They all stream a ton as well. So, if you want to watch this, you could be watching it all at the same time. Sometimes they're all at the same time. And Spike has a... Uh, uh, up to the second counter on his stream of where everybody is and if someone gets a trophy like an update pops up and it's like this person got a trophy and like it'll update on the like oh, he, yeah. he put a lot of production into this and like i hope something good comes out of this because he said he's not going to do this you know every single time like i'm assuming he's going to take the next season off because like there's no way he can just keep doing this it's going to kill him you yeah. know kind of thing but but uh i've been absolutely loving it have you been checking it out at all uh i have not in the in the last few days, I think the last time I watched was last week, but mm-hmm. I, I am a regular viewer of Spike's stream, so yeah. I'm sure I will catch a lot of it towards the, the end of it, mm-hmm. uh, of the race when things get really tight. Um, but this is the kind of stuff that I think there is space for now, especially, you know, until Paper Magic really comes back, that, you know, individuals can organize things. Like, the trophy race is cool. People can organize stuff on with Melee now uh, and have events. So I'm hoping that, that like, this vacuum gets filled by someone who, you know, has the wherewithal to, um, you know, to to put the effort in, you know. Uh, Because there's a lot of demand right now. People want to see, you know, cool coverage of of high-level paper events. Uh, and it just isn't really happening. The paper events are pretty um, sparse, um, mm-hmm. but uh, and even just doing doing some stuff online still. So we we have a kind of vacuum, and the, there's only so long that this kind of demand exists in a vacuum before somebody figures out a way to meet it. So that that's what I'm kind of looking forward to. I, I think stuff like creative stuff like the the trophy race that Spike is doing is really cool, but that is you know the tip of the iceberg my opinion yeah i I think this does like you said it it opens up a creative space that we haven't explored yet right you know this kind of thing and i think this is great like it's something i'm super interested in it's the kind of magic that i like to watch you know it's the super spiky not to use a pun like his name but it's the super spiky kind of magic because like you know that's where that's more where you and i are you know like we we try to win when we play all the time we're not just trying to have fun there's nothing wrong with that you know just the way you and i play the game you know what I find fun? I find winning a tournament fun. I haven't I haven't had a lot of fun in my life, Ross. But anyway, um, <laughs> but I find this great. You I find know, the idea like, of winning a tournament fun. Yeah, yeah, the idea of it. It seems so great for everybody else to hoist those trophies. They look so happy in all their pictures and videos, Ross. I just want it once. Anyway, um, but overall, I'm just I'm just a huge fan of it. And like, yeah, we might see something like this come up, you know, in in other formats and stuff like that. And I think this is great. And you know, it fills in. It fills in a little bit of that gap, like you said, that we've been missing, you know, that vacuum. You know, there's been a vacuum, and we have some stuff to fill in. And this is also something, like, these guys stream all the time, too. So, like, you can fit your schedule in to catch some of this. Or, 
you can go back and watch, you know, the VODs or their streams. So, like, you know, Spike's generally a early in the morning and afternoon guy, and then some of them, you know, do at the same time or later into the night. So, like, you know, when I get in bed, I don't like going straight to sleep. I'm usually on my iPad for like 30 minutes before I fall asleep. And, you know, I can watch a match or two of, of uh, Misplaced Ginger, you know, the night before. Or, you know, if there's a deck that I'm trying to learn and Spike's playing it, I can go back and find that deck, right? You know, he plays a lot of, like, decks that I really like. You know, same thing with Ginger. He's playing a lot of that Grixis deck right now that's really popular and I think is really cool. It's probably what I would play if I had to play right now. And, you know, I learn a little bit from watching them because not only are they good, but they're also good at, like, explaining why they're doing certain things or when they mess up they're like oh you know this was this was bad here and why you know and you don't get that from watching coverage all the time too you get a very personalized in-depth look in like through the eyes of the person playing the game which is awesome and very undervalued uh yeah you, you miss out on some variety during the tournament right because you're following just the one person but you get a lot more depth uh mm-hmm. and that they you know didn't uh didn't Watsy try that once like following Reduke for a Grand Prix G- GP showing, Reduke yeah yeah just showing him every round people liked it I think I that thought it was great it's cool I actually really want to do it in Flesh and Blood this year at one of the events I want to do you know GP big time Flesh and Blood GP player. Tarek yeah GP Tarek there we go it was the the, the part is like it, the, the nightmare is like the person just does really badly right you're like uh <laughs> this is you know like this isn't good you know this isn't this isn't good and then you just go back to like normal no pressure know, Tarek but you have to win the tournament. <laughs> yeah, for Stark, but I need you to not lose ever, okay? But you know all that kind of stuff, especially when they're playing like some cool deck or something, right? Which is which is sweet, and like you know you see you see some of these guys like make some really big innovations and change a few things here or there, you know. Like I think of Spike like playing that red black deck, you know, in in uh in modern like he was the person who pretty much I'm I'm pr- I'm, pr- I'm pretty confident saying that he like invented the deck. He like came up with just the red black like yeah. rock deck, and like he's been playing it forever, and like. Nobody else wanted, like, I remember everybody touched the deck immediately was trying to cut, uh, what is it, Turok? The yep. same card, yeah, Turok. They, they always wanted to cut Turok, and now almost everyone has come around on that card. And, oh, and Spike That's in large part due time. to the number of solitudes that entered the right. format. Yeah, but it being pro-white has been huge. Like, I've watched a lot of games where it looks like he's behind, he's just winning because this creature has pro-white. And he has a shadow creature also. It's possibly Hexproof from white. I'm sorry. Hexproof from white. Is that actually how it is? So you can't just attack through stuff? Okay, whatever. But, you know, you're seeing a lot of games where, like, that that's pretty big. You know, that, that, that's a big part of the, of, of the card being good. Because like you said, solitude is like the premier removal spell in the format, which is weird to think, you know, the two most premier removal spells are white. It's not lightning bolt anymore. It's not fatal push. It's solitude and it's a uh, uh, prismatic ending and stuff. So uh, lots of stuff going on there. And you can see them kind of like figure things out through the format as well too, which is really cool. You know, you can like understand why something's good, why something's bad, why something's good now, you know, when it was not good a week ago. Like you just said. So all the stuff there, do you want to check that out? That is Aspiring Spike, uh, Misplaced Ginger, and Demonic Tutors. Those are the three that are winning right now. There's there's a couple other people up on the on the list, but those are the top three right now that are that are streaming a bunch. I'm not sure if fourth and fifth are streaming, but they're up there and count too. The trophy count is up to like twenty ish around the top of it right now too. So they're they're crushing it. They're doing really, really well. Oh yeah. <laughs> so make sure you check it out. Uh, Ross, there was a couple of questions in the mailbag. I can't remember if you got to answer this one, so I'm going to ask you the first one and see what you think. It's from Fuzzy Dan. He says, do you see Watsi considering banning the companion mechanic? Uh, not banning the cards themselves, but adjusting formats to no longer allow you to reveal the cards as companions. No. You don't think they would just do that? No, not in a million years. You think they would just ban the card? Mm, yeah. See, I could see this. I, I could actually get behind the pr- it. The problem isn't the 
10 million companions that they have. The problem is Loris. <laughs> no, I get that. Well, and it's like, Loris yeah, is the busted just, one. Yeah, maybe you just ban Loris, maybe you just ban Yorion or whatever, because like those are the only two that really see a lot of play. Like, uh, Sir Summon Home's like, um, actually, and I'm like, come Kahira on. Kahira and Obash. And... They get play, yeah, but they're not yeah. as oppressive as these Yeah, two. exactly. And like, why would you take that away from people if the problem is Loris? Yeah. It just doesn't make any sense. I like the idea of thinking outside the box with it. Sure. Well, they already did that with the errata, so that, that if they were going to ban the companion mechanic, they would have done it then. Uh, I mean, have you heard of Golgari Grave Troll? I mean... <laughs> I don't know whose idea it was to unban Golgari Grave Troll, but wow. Yeah, I just remember that happened. Everybody's like, uh, okay. <laughs> and I was like, all right, well, this is going to be fun. You sure about that like, one? Yeah, I, just, I remember I was like, time to pick up Tron. That's literally when it happened. I was like, time to pick up Tron. Like... All right, and this one is from uh, Chef Petro. Uh, shout out to Chef Petro. I actually got to meet him in person in Vegas. A lot of fun. Liked this guy quite a bit. So, um, like usual, he's got the really long, in-depth question. I love these. All right, you ready? So he says, A lot of amazing memories and nostalgia in Vegas this weekend. Also, a giant underestimation on attendees attendees, uh, <laughs> with what could be considered a small prize pool. Knowing that Vegas will always be Vegas in the future, a lot of people talked about what needs to change and a lack of EV on the event. I'm wondering your opinions on what is a good prize amount for events north of a thousand people. In the past, even a GP's money was okay, but came with the caveat of being on the circuit. Now, without the draw, what do you think appropriates prize pools like in the future for what could just be a handful of events of a year? Disclosure: I'm familiar enough to know that prize pools don't make for good tournaments, but it does help the feeling of when you're investing time and money. I think this is a really, really good question. I don't know of an exact number dollars-wise. You know, if it's north of a thousand people, but I do like the point that he made that you know there's a giant underestimation on the intent, uh, on the amount of people that went to the to the event. Ross, it was packed. There was so many people. I but have that's all, the, no idea. There's so many variables that go into this with the you know the cost of the space and staff and uh, and all the stuff that you need to run an event and all the logistics and and everything. I can tell you that the prize payouts will be less than you want them to be. <laughs> That's basically the only thing I can guarantee you. You, you know what I want to see? Yeah. Or at least consider this? You ever watch Eternal Weekend? I have, yeah. Have you seen the prizes for that? The, like, crazy paintings that, and stuff that go for lots of money? Yeah. Now, don't oversaturate this, but, like, can you imagine, like, once or twice or three times a year they have something like this, and one of them is just, like, the four-color Omnath? You know, just, like, some card that's very good in the formats, like... Uh, one of them is All Runs Epiphany. Yeah, you know, like Chariot. an Yeah, Ezekiel's Chariot. Like you know, some of these cards. It's like, yeah, you know, like might not be great. You know, five years from now, because like that card's not played anymore. But it might be on Arena still. But like, it's still like a cool keepsake thing. And like, you could add that in, right, as a as a prize to first place. Like just something cool and unique, yeah. right? Something Cause, memorable. Because like, that, that is that's a big part. And like, let me let me make a comparison here. Like when I think of, um, when I think of Flesh and Blood, right. The overall money that was given out at their quote-unquote GPs, they're called callings, was definitely less than you see it at Magic stuff. But the top eight players also got uh, gold, cold foil cards, and then the winner got a specific one, right? And that specific one is worth like 10K or something like that, you know, because you can only get it from winning one of these events, and it's also one of the better cards in the game. You know, and like, that's kind of cool. You get like a, a card like that, or yeah, what if Watsy is just like, okay, so how many of these are you going to do this year? Four? Okay, we'll print a card. We'll print a card with four copies of it for this year, 
you know, it'll be like one of four, two of four, three of four, four of four, kind of like they did for the for the store championships, but just for this just for this event. And then like any of the big tours can you know can be like, hey, can we get X amount of these? Yeah. Uh, like, can you think like energy gets one right? And so like, you know, they get some card. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. They get some card that has that. You know. Yeah, you just got that like your allotment of cool shit. <laughs> yeah, because it doesn't cost Watsi that much to do it, right? Like, yeah, that I think that kind of stuff would be great, and I, I hope awesome. we get that kind of cooperation mm-hmm. between Watsi and between different tournament organizers. Uh, that's that's it's a great idea, right? Like that that's Watsi backing this up and doing a lot without actually doing a lot. Like it doesn't actually require you know them to show up or do anything really, right? Yeah, but I think I broke it. Is that going to happen though? I mean, it, I. I I, I think they could, right? They they did the the store championship. It could happen, Ross, Ross. I think I think I got a good answer for the question. I think I broke it. <laughs> like, yeah. What does high score mean? You I think know? we like, figured it out. Yeah, I think I figured it out. Like, yeah, just you know, some decent amount of money, right? Like some decent amount, right? Like to the top sixty four, they get like you know one hundred fifty bucks the next day or something like that. Like something that'll like generally pay for a plane ticket ish stuff. Maybe a couple nights in a hotel. You know, like that way they're like. They're making some money, right? You know, there's still the you can still sell your cards there. You know, there's other ways to make money or lose money if you're in Vegas and stuff like that. But yeah, I like the idea of just like some cool prizes and not just like random stuff. Like make it pretty unique because like that's the cool part about like what's going on in Flesh and Blood and stuff or like you know the store championship. Like you have that card with that stuff on it, right? And it makes the card more expensive if you want to sell it, right? Like that's what you're just looking for. Like you're just looking to get hey, I want to get paid right for doing well or you get this like kind of a one of a kind keepsake, you know, and like that's pretty sweet too. Like I've said, some of the most valuable stuff that I have in my collection are not actually high in monetary value, but it's just like very specific. Like I've mentioned this on the show before, but I'm about to show Ross on camera. Like, can you see this? Is this hearth cage giant that I'm showing you? Yeah. And it's stamped. Yeah. Yeah. This, this got me my first Grand Prix top eight and I nice. still got this card. This was in 2007. 2006 i was like 21 or 22 and i'm five now so well, yeah carry do the, the do the math carry the five yeah, yeah. add the decimal point but like the two like years you were just... in cryogenic freezing to make sure you yeah. didn't die add the, yeah. those out yeah can i just do that now right now i'm waiting for covid ends um <laughs> wake like, yeah, me up <laughs> when the covid ends <laughs> there we go i'm glad you caught that uh, and like you can see this it's just in a it's it's just in a, a hard case or whatever that i've just ha- i've just had this card forever you know, I mean, I'm never getting rid of this card. It's it's super cool. If someone calls me and is like, "Hey, I'll give you a thousand dollars for it if you sign," I'd be like, "Yeah, okay, sure, you can have it." But like, <laughs> but it's just it's just a, it's just a, you know it's a cool thing. This is the specific one. Like this is this is the card that did it. You know what I mean? And like that's cool. And like I think I've told you in the past. I really wish I'd saved some of my decks. You know, I wish I'd saved like all my Pro Tour decks. Like just even just like kept them sleeved, like whatever, just put them aside. Like any of the ones that I play on the Pro Tours because the decks were cool and stuff. But like, I don't know, man, just. More individuality in the game, like more specific stuff, is like pretty cool. Especially with like, how much they're doing all these crazy things nowadays. I I just think that's, I think it's very doable. Great question, Chef. By the way, just great question. I'm sorry we didn't answer it with a monetary number because like I'm not sure. Yeah, uh, there's no way I could put a number on it. I would need to be able to see the books. You know, like what all yeah. this stuff costs. What's your expected? What's your EV on like everything? But you know, I think the number that they gave out is pretty okay. You know, I mean, if they started getting huge, then obviously you have to. You have to go up, and then for anyone that's like, well, why don't they do you know X amount per person? They can't do that because of gambling laws. So um, you have to have a set prize pool going into the event ahead of time. Otherwise, like you open yourself up to tons of other 
stuff. Like, there's a lot. There's a lot more to that. So, but I think that was a really, really good question. I uh, really want to pat myself on the back for that question, that answer there, because I'm the best and stuff. So, um, do you want to do a few overrated, underrated, and then get out of here? Yeah, let's do it. Cathal says non-English songs. Um, probably underrated. I have a hard time listening to songs if I can't understand what they're talking about. Um, but I bet the songs are good if I did understand them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm right there with you. I'm gonna go with underrated and like, I don't know. I'm, I've I've kind of been feeling some of this like uh, Japanese pop or what do they call it, J-pop and stuff. Like some of this is like. I would listen to it while I'm like trying to work out and stuff. It's, it's stuff jams. All right, Yeoman Five says the international. Do you know what this is? Um, um, uh, what I understand this to be is I'm s- certainly not what Yeoman meant. So no, it, it's it's. I'm assuming this is the Dota Championship, the thing at the end of the Dota uh, World Championship. The way they do this is like. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna get this completely right, but the way they do this is like it's their end of the year tournament, right? So it's their like world championships, super big. By the way, I think this thing gets more people to watch it than the Super Bowl or whatever. It's like it's like fucking gigantic, right? And um, it's huge, but like the prize pool on it gets absurd, Ross. Like absurd, absurd. Like millions and millions and millions of dollars. Like I think this one's already over forty million for the next one because it's it's partially crowdsourced or some of it's crowdsourced. Like you can buy something. Or put some money into it, and all of it goes into the prize pool of this Dota thing, right? So it's like, okay. it's like this thing that you're kind of it like, you're super invested into it, right? Like you're a part of it in a lot of ways. You know, you can watch your favorite team and stuff like that. I think this thing is massively underrated, and I would love to see more esports do this kind of stuff because it's it's pretty awesome. I have no idea what this is, so overrated. Mm-hmm. So this is how it works. So. The initial prize pool of the tournament is 1.6 USD, and then an additional 20%, 25% of all battle pass sales are added to the total prize pool. So, like, anything that you purchase in the game or whatever. So, the current prize pool is $40 million right now, so they've added over $38 million to the prize pool. So, I know Watsi would never do this, but can you imagine they're like, hey, for every dollar you spend on Arena, we're going to put $0.10 cents into the, uh, to the World Championship or something. Like, you know how big that... But you'd have to make it, like, more open, too. Because, like, then people are going to be like, I, I want a piece of this kind of thing or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, there's, there's some stuff they can do there. But, like, I think I think it's great. I think it's awesome. Um, really cool stuff for the players to be involved in. You know, you feel like you're... You just feel like you're part of it more. You know what I mean? All right. Flackle says IHOP. Uh, overrated. IHOP sucks. I'm going to say IHOP, and I'm going to put a slash for waffle house on these places they're all overrated waffle uh, house people, is underrated it's fine it's not as good as people think it is most people are inebriated in some way shape or form. they're just not sober when they're ingesting the food and so they're like oh this is great <laughs> all the food you eat when you're not sober is great i'm just saying i had my triple over medium plate hash brown smothered wheat toast this morning and it was delicious yeah and you're gonna die like seven years uh, uh, before you should because of it but i'm just worth it anyway yeah, worth. Yeah. Cathal says crepes. Underrated. Crepes are yeah, delicious. Yeah, definitely underrated. They're just they're just little small pancakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're great. Um let's see here. What's next? 
This one's really old, so uh, I'm not going to go into it because we're still back into October because we haven't kept up. Um, but this one, this is important as you know it's October. Someone says, since it's now the season, candy corn. Underrated. Okay, you're fired. Candy th- corn is the most overrated thing in the world. It is fucking disgusting. I think candy corn is kind of tasty. It is the worst. It is awful. Awful. It, it would be somewhere in the middle of my like candy power rankings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Might maybe a little bit below average, but mm-hmm. the fact that so many people call it completely unplayable means it's underrated. <laughs> All right. Uh, WC Power Nine says paying the parent tax after getting back from trick-or-treating some years i lost uh i lost all of my almond joys it's funny to use this as an example because that's actually anytime i'm around kids that are trick-or-treating i always get all the almond joys because they usually don't like them and i love almond joy yeah probably my favorite candy bar it's also my my mom's favorite candy bar um all right all right mama awesome i don't what's going on i didn't i mean i I paid i paid i didn't pay the parent tax i paid the older brother tax Mm-hmm. particularly with the, with Reese's. But I'm not a huge peanut butter fan, so that was fine. Yeah. My buddy that I was talking to you about earlier, the one that's the muggle with three kids, I go over to his house after after <laughs> Halloween and I always steal some of their shit. So. Stealing um, candy from children. So I do I do like, well, obviously it's the easiest thing to do, right? <laughs> right. So uh, K-Fed, he has this on uh, on the 13th of October, so it's, it's still pointed today. Nerfing digital cards and not giving back wild cards. Obviously it's just awful. So... Uh, yeah, terrible. Overrated. Uh, Gold says, going for it on fourth down. Uh, super underrated, yeah. and more NFL coaches that have bigger balls. Just massively underrated. <laughs> yeah. Uh, fake punts. Um, probably a bit overrated. I'm gonna uh, go with properly rated. Sorry, Yeah, th- th- I bet properly rated. I'm gonna go properly rated because, like, if you th- they start happening all the time, then they lose their luster. Yeah, it's like the thing. If everything's special, nothing special, you know, kind of thing. Like so. Yeah, you can't, you can't, can't do that too often. So I don't understand this one. Flackle says fake punks. Uh, um, like I, I get like it. Like a poser. Like, yeah, a poser. Sure, posers are uh, overrated. Yeah. Uh, Juicy J says fake bunts. Um. So, well, the the bunt is massively overrated. So fake bunts have to be underrated. That's just math. Okay, cool. I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, Joe Mr. English says fake fans. I'm going to go with that this is just stupid in general. Like, I'm, I'm assuming they mean along the lines of bandwagon fans. People that get really mad at bandwagon fans, like, eh, just come off it a little bit. Come off your high horse a little bit. It's it's fine. Let people let people enjoy things. Yeah. I get being aggravated at it, and you want to be recognized for your loyalty. That's cool. Don't project that onto other people. Yeah, I just don't like it when bandwagon fans try to act like they're not bandwagon fans. Like yeah, just, you, you should, act, yeah. as the bandwagoner, you should embrace it as well. And as long as you understand the reality of your bandwagonness, then that's fine. Then so, ride so, the bandwagon. Here's how I want you to think about it. Stop getting mad that they're bandwagon fans. Like it, it's okay if you don't like it. You know, I'm not telling you how to think, but like let's stop getting mad. At, think about it this way. You have just found someone else that enjoys something that you enjoy. Enjoy it together. You know, revel in the fact that you both like the same thing. Like, do you know how much fun it was for me to watch the World Series this year with other Braves fans? Uh, it made very. it so much better. You know, we were just go, like dying, living and dying on every pitch. It was a make. It was amazing. Um, Fuzzy Dan says, "Fake it until you make it." I think that's overrated. Uh, yeah, overrated for sure. Um, Gil says, "T two Judgment Day." Um, I actually think it's a little overrated. I think the first movie is better. 
and generally the opinion is usually Terminator 2 is better. I'm going to go with properly rated because it's one of the best sequels of all time. So I find that kid in that movie so fucking annoying. John Connor in that movie. <laughs> sure. It is hard to watch. Sure. I just I think the movie is absolutely great. I think it's one yeah. of the better action movies ever made, especially for its time. Well, I think um, Linda Hamilton's performance as Sarah Connor is incredible. It's it's iconic. Her, yeah. her, her in both those movies, I think she's a revelation. But also, it was like one of Arnold's. Like, I think that cemented Arnold. By the way, like he had a bunch of you know big time action movies for it, but that one like and like you know the the first one, but T two Judgment Day. Like, I think Please. his career Arnold is, like, was cemented by the time he made Twins. As soon as you yeah. make Twins, you're a legend. Okay, sure. Or is, <laughs> that, is, that, is Twins the one where... That's not the one where he gets pregnant, right? No. That's a different one. Twins is the one where he's a he's Danny DeVito's twin. Yeah, there's another movie with him and Danny DeVito where he gets pregnant or something like that. That's weird. I don't know. That's, yeah, sure. Um, I think... Okay, uh, Brent says Edium. Uh, overrated. I don't like it. Yeah, it's, it's kind of overrated now, but I had to live in Vegas for a long time, so I kind of got it like shoved <laughs> in my face, but it, it's fine. Uh, Chase says Whole Foods. I'm gonna go. With that place is overrated. I think it. I think the the stuff there is great, but they're overpriced. Yeah, overrated. And the next one says Trader Joe's. That one's underrated for the exact opposite reason. It's great and it's properly priced. Eh, overrated. Yeah, I love it. Um, Cathal says Commander. In every way, it's underrated because it's it's the goat of magic. I don't care what anyone says. It's the only thing keeping the game going. Commander sucks. Overrated. <laughs> WC Power Nine says Canadian whiskey. Uh, overrated. Japanese whiskey uh, is the best whiskey in the world. Japanese whiskey is great. My favorite, uh, my go-to drink is a Canadian whiskey, so I'm gonna go with uh, underrated because Crown rocks. Uh, writing on yourself to remember things from Leo the Magic Man. Uh, what? <laughs> like overrated because it's weird and it looks crazy, but I've done it before. Uh, but we're. Or, I don't want to get to like the memento level. Yeah, I I have a phone that I can write notes in. Overrated. Yeah, yeah I'm still I'm still bad about that kind of stuff. All right, I think that's gonna about do it for this week's episode. Make sure you check out our sponsor in Barrister and Man. That's Man of Two Ends. Make sure you check out their websites. The holidays are very fastly approaching. Um, in fact, I've actually got a box on my desk right now that I haven't opened, and I meant to open it on air today, but we do not have time for that, and I do not have scissors with me. So open the box, but I got some cool new stuff. So maybe I'll open it uh, when we're recording our next episode and y'all can kind of like open the box with me and see what's in the box and all that stuff. So make sure you check out barristerman.com. Lots of really cool stuff that you need anyway, but it's also really great gifts for the holidays for that special someone in your life. And make sure you use code MTGRANTS at checkout for 15% off. Ross, if people wanted to hear more or see more of you, where would they go? Best place is my Twitter account. I am at Ross Hunted's. Uh, that's the place where you can keep up with all of my magic content and also a good place to ask me questions. Then there is my written content on Star City Games. My article this week is all about looking uh, at the current modern metagame and the trends in the metagame, uh, explaining exactly what's been happening and what I think is going to happen going into this weekend and maybe the week after, uh, and also uh, giving you two deck choices that I think are well-positioned for this weekend. So uh, if you're a modern fan, that'll be a good article for you. That is live now. Then there is a Versus Live, the web show I co-host twice a week with Corey Baumeister. We are on the Star City Games YouTube channel, our uh, Twitch channel, twice a week, 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time, Tuesdays and Thursdays, uh, playing whatever is relevant for uh, you know competitive magic. We did some historic, actually, on Tuesday. Uh, because Corey and I both liked all the decks that we saw at the Innistrad Set Championship. And we did uh, Modern Today, uh, because we're recording this on a Thursday. 
So, uh, you know, we have a good time. We take questions live from the audience. So if you can catch us live, I encourage you to do so. But if you can't, you can watch the VODs on the SCG YouTube channel. They usually go up the next day by about 5 p.m. or so. Uh, so about 24 hours later, they're usually up. Um, then finally, there is my uh, my Twitch channel, which has been inactive for a while, but I promise we'll come back at some point. So if you want to throw me a follow there so you get notified when it does come back, I would appreciate it. And I am Ross underscore Miriam, so just my name with the underscore there, on Twitch. Tannen, if people want to get more of your uh, generally less bombastic takes, but occasionally, yeah, you know, more so, where might they go? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter under the Tannen Grace. It's where you can get most of the stuff from me. I'm pretty active on there, including a lot of really cute dog pictures. In fact, if you haven't been to my Twitter the, la the last day or two, there's a picture of my dog meeting Santa. That is absolutely adorable. If you haven't seen that one, Ross, I uh, highly recommend going check it out right now if you haven't. Um, and then on Twitch, I'm under just Tannen Grace. I usually stream just limited, and if I like the set a lot, then I stream it a lot, which um, <clears> that hasn't been the case too much for the last couple ones, but I'm going to give Alchemy a go, and I'm going to try it out. I've also started to experience a new game. I've been playing a little bit of Legends of Runeterra. I'm, I'm in purely the learning stage right now. So if I like the game, I might stream that one a little bit. There's no way that I can stream Flesh and Blood because there's no like online. The game is called Flesh and Blood for a reason. It is meant to play there, but um, you, you know you might be able to see some more of me with that next year. More news on that to come. Nothing, nothing's set in stone yet or whatever. But pretty excited about the future of that game. What's gonna come up with that? So make sure you check us out on that. Uh, the cast itself has a Twitter page. Make sure you go find that as well because that's the first place to look when you want to find out. A, when a new episode goes live or any announcements that we have as well as we have a discord that's pretty popular you can find the link for that on our twitter and we do have a patreon and anyone in here who's been who's been supporting us for the last couple years a i just want to tell you a big thank you we're very thankful and we love you for the support we really appreciate it i know we've kind of dropped the ball uh, in the last about year year and a half with uh you know giving you incentives for being on there and just kind of giving you stuff and uh, we have a few things in the works. We're, we're talking a few things in the past. I know some some playmats have gone out for some people and stuff. We're, we're gonna we're gonna try to make it up to y'all. So anyone who's been there, who's been an OG and supporting us, thank you very much. And if you haven't yet, and you want to consider doing that for the price of a coffee a month, you can go a long way in keeping Brent from losing his mind too much and having to you know do our episodes every hopefully every week if we can get back to being on schedule. And maybe we can get Ross some of that Japanese whiskey that he wants so badly for Christmas. So, oh, I'm but, actually not a whiskey fan, so you can. Yeah, no, I, I I say that because I'm going to give you a gift of Japanese whiskey for Christmas because then you're going to give it. To, let me have it. It's kind of like buying Marge the the bowling ball with yeah, the name yeah. Homer on the side of it. Yeah. And then I'll just go buy myself some gin. Yeah, there you go. Exactly. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening to this episode of MCG Rants, and we'll see you next week.